It'd be strangletime.com. <laughs> Hosted by Allison Rockland. Ew, no. Oh, wait, Kraus now. Damn it. Sorry. This whole intro is unusable. <laughs> nope. So rose tinted. That's the stuff. Yep. Rose tinted reels. Yep. This is that podcast that you all heard about. We're so professional. This is the world famous podcast called Rose Tinted Reels, hosted by me and you. Me and you, you and I. However you'd like. I'm sorry, are you some sort of grammar Nazi? I thought we were told to hate Nazis. Do we need to take you down? Are you canceled now? This is a horrible show so far. I really hate everything about our introduction to here. Can, can we start over? Do like a, a fairy noise and then we'll star wipe into... Okay, here we go. Rose tinted, restart. Hi, my name is Zachary Duncan, and you have just stumbled upon Rose Tinted Reels. <laughs> See, I feel much more wholesome and better now. There you go. What's your name all about? I'm Allison Kraus. It's nice to be here on this lovely, bright and sunny in your eyeball Sunday. Oh, today I had to take Mark for a tux fitting. <laughs> tux fittings can be very scary. I did one once when I was a wee lad mm-hmm. with my uncle. Mm-hmm. Got a tux rental and... Uh, the guy touched me. Is this a continuation of the uh, conversation we had before where tailors that are good don't get that personal with your business? But tailors that are great <laughs> will tickle you all over. <laughs> but it was a kind of an interesting adventure. We went to Joss A. Bank for a uh, tux rental. Originally, we wanted a suit, but the suits that they had for rentals, I didn't like the blue. Like the, the blue was too, it, it looked like that bottle of lotion blue versus a nice, crisp navy blue. Oh, okay. See, I, in my mind, it sounded like you guys were trying to go dumb and dumber. Oh, no, no, no powder blue with <laughs> yeah. ruffles. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be pretty amazing, though. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited to see all you lads because you, you'll be wearing one also, mm. all dressed up. It'll I'll be, be all fun. dapped up. Yeah. Yeah. Suit, tie, pocket, fop, socks, shoes. It sounded like you were going for some sort of like Dr. Seuss rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish I had (laughs) now. We'll we'll give it more of a think and we'll come back to it later. It'll be a full. The slats. (laughs) Exactly. Don't forget to cover your ass. Oh, Oh. (laughs) we went a different direction there. (laughs) So speaking of. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're driving back from Annapolis where we went to the Jossé Bank. And on the corner leading up to uh, the Route 50 exits was a group of well-dressed people holding a sign that just simply said Jesus. And they were just waving like it was a standing parade. And it wasn't like, you know, Jesus will do this or Jesus loves you or Jesus condemns bigotry. I don't know. Whatever Jesus does. It was just. he's, He's in favor of it, I think. Well, all I know is the sign just said, Jesus. Jesus. So it was just Jesus, period. No period. No punctuation at all? No punctuation. It was a white sign with just the words, Jesus. And a bunch of people standing with it waving. I'm like, I mean. I guess it's his fan club. They just. Yeah. Like, are you expecting him to drive by and you want to show that you love him? You know, there is a Pew poll, apparently, that does state that there is some significant portion of Americans that think that uh, Jesus will come back in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. And that he will be in America. So that's not such a far-fetched idea. 
Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I will say that I was pleasantly surprised by this group. Like, they seemed very friendly and warm, and they weren't condemning anybody. And so they that's, were Mormons. They didn't look Mormon. And the reason I say that is because the Mormons that I'm used to encountering are the ones that are disciples trying to share their religion. And usually the, you know, it's the white shirt, black pant kind of Mormon. Yeah, those are the door-to-door type people. The door-to-door Mormon. Yeah, those are the elders. (laughs) Gotcha. Usually the elders are very youngers. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're they're young elders. (laughs) But that's the way it is in the Mormon (laughs) tabernacle. They have a very big church. You know the Mormon church around here, the one outside of DC. Yeah. yeah. It looks like I always when I was a kid I always thought that was Disney World. I thought we lived <laughs> close to Disney World. Uh, so whenever I, I think about it, I think of there's an overpass bridge where someone wrote Surrender Dorothy and like it's the Emerald City and now I can't <laughs> drive past it without seeing that. Partly because the paint that they used to cover it up was off color so it didn't blend in perfectly so there's just squares covering <laughs> where the words were so I'm yeah. like I know what the words used I know, to I know what's there. <laughs> so what's your second favorite song from The Lion, the Witch and the Wizard of Oz? My second favorite song? Yeah because everyone it's going to be is the first favorite probably right? I don't care about that song. What's your next favorite? Probably the Cowardly Lion song, the, if I were a king of the forest. I, I think, can't do it right. I don't have the right <laughs> um, vibrato. <laughs> oh, yeah. It wasn't. I just listened to that the other day. So I came home and I watched like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's the most I've seen of the Lion, the Witch, and the Wizard of Oz in like mm-hmm. since I was but a wee lad. And I don't, a re- wee baby boy. I don't remember any of it. So I, I did see that scene where he was singing. And that didn't seem like real vibrato. It seemed like he was faking it. It's, I mean, what do you want? He's a lion man. It's like, <laughs> I can't even remember what it, it was doing that made me so, it was upsetting. It was like, <laughs> or some, I don't even know what was going on, but you, it was. You sound like that guy from Scrooge that I always forget the name of. The guy. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> we just brought it up literally, I think like four episodes ago. Probably. <laughs> no, not probably. Yes. Definitely. Yes. All right. Personal news time. Mm-hmm. So on my side of things, mm-hmm. I am a professional gamer now. Everybody look at me and weep in jealousy because I am on an Overwatch team. Nerd alert. I know. I'm a top <laughs> nerd. So rumor has it that it's you're going to be making this a quick episode because you have a gaming date with my husband tonight. Very true. I, now, I don't know if this is going to be a short episode or if we're just he and I are just going to have to game deep into the night. I mean, deep, deep into the night. Don't seduce my husband. <laughs> You can't stop it now. I, I can't. It's in the universe. Yeah. So he and I are going to be uh, going to be doing it all night. And he does get noisy when he plays games. Play games. Oh, I guess we're going to be playing some games too. Yeah. Dirty. <laughs> Anywho. So I joined an Overwatch team and I just thought that uh, that would be of interest to you. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I am surprised, but I, I did hear that you joined an Overwatch team and that's why I randomly sent you the gif of Andy Bernard saying, I hate drama. I know. Cause yeah, there's been a bunch of drama on the team already. People have come and gone already. It's, it's, it's a, it's a whole thing. But why is that surprising that I should be so good at video games that they would want me on a team? Oh no, that's not the reason. It's just, uh, Overwatch in particular, I know may be a sensitive topic. I guess it probably was for a while, but uh, I love the game so much that I got over it. Well, 
Oh, that's good. Yeah. I do like some of the costumes that some of the characters get for like special downloads. I know. So my main, that's mm-hmm. that's shorthand for that. That's the main person that I play. You, you'll understand one day. Um, <laughs> my main wow. on that. Wow. <laughs> His name is Reaper. He's a little uh-huh. guy. He's got shotguns. Mm-hmm. The shotgun is like a gun, except it shoots like a, a burst of, uh, you know, a few pellets out. At, at For any once. of the ladies listening who are worried about my <laughs> anger levels right now, as I mansplained everything in the world, just know. So a video I game is like as you think I should be. A video game is like when you, you've got a controller or a keyboard or something like that. <laughs> I'm struggling not to elbow him in the nose. <laughs> This is great. <laughs> anyway, so He's yeah. talking to me or at me and I'm talking to you. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So the listeners know what a video game is anyway. So I'm going to continue as if you understand. So, um, oh my God. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not like I play video games also or anything. Do continue. I'm only furious. <laughs> All right. Anyways, continuing on. My main is Reaper, and he's got a great skin with a head of a pumpkin. Oh. And that's my favorite skin. It, do you educate me? Was he the gerbil guy, or is he the one that like just throws a bunch of grenades and such? Okay, so the gerbil guy is Hammond. Hammy the Hamster Hammond, as I call him. Mm-hmm. And the guy who throws a bunch of grenades is Junkrat. Oh, okay. And Reaper is the guy with two shotguns. Oh, okay. Two big old shotguns. So he, the skin Barrett. that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. he's got big pumpkin for a head, and he's dressed up like Dracula, like underneath. Super cool looking. I love it. And his guns have little pumpkins on them too. Uh, that so does cool. Pumpkins are very much your aesthetic. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any more personal news? The only other thing, actually, this may be considered podcast news. I was walking into my basement last night. Mark was down there playing video games. He's been playing Destiny with his friends. And I overheard him as I was coming downstairs. He didn't know I was coming downstairs talking about our podcast to his best man, Dave. And he was describing the show. And yeah, Mark was just like, yeah, he hasn't seen anything. He hasn't seen shit. (laughs) <laughs> well i have now yeah. i've seen 15 things at this point yeah he was listing some of the things that we watched and like he he started with indiana jones and dave's like what has he been doing with his life <laughs> watching newer movies yeah, well, Mark's like i don't know he's probably been playing games or something i'm like eh, yeah that's fair enough that's accurate <laughs> yeah, yeah. uh i take issue with that i haven't seen anything i've seen many things they're just newer, and the the older ones have not been the ones that you've recommended. You know, I mean, look, I just don't like being personally attacked like this when I'm not in the room, even <laughs> to defend myself. You're a public figure now. You're famous, as you oh. said. <laughs> <laughs> so the husband of the co-host is talking smack about me, and I'm just supposed to take that? Yeah, just like you know, I have to let you know his back was hurting because of the last time you guys played video games, and he had to carry you. Come on. <laughs> I had two kills and he had like six. It's not that much different. Fractionally speaking. <laughs> look, it was it was Call of Duty Warzone. And look, he had just barreled out into the, the place, left me behind, and I got ganked. Got ganked, all right. So what you're saying is that he didn't follow the army mantra of no man left behind. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He just left me behind. He was in search of glory. Well, he just likes winners. <laughs> Not people that get... Right. No, I'm just... I'm All quoting... Right, I don't... I don't... 
All right, guys. So we're going to continue on. She doesn't. She's Do not you have any podcast news? Yeah, I've got podcast news. <laughs> All right. It was revenge for the earlier conversation. <laughs> I feel quite vindicated in my choices. <laughs> All right. Podcast news number two from Zachary, mm-hmm. the Chipper co-host. Hi, this is Zachary. I'm Chipper. That's my... It sounds like you're a chipmunk or a squirrel or some kind of... Uh, you know, outside friend. When <laughs> an outside friend, <laughs> that's that's my that's my persona that I put out there. I'm Chipper. Does it come across? I'm Chipper. Chipper Zach. Zippy. Zippy. Bubbly. Vivacious. No. Oh. So <laughs> I propose. You just let that hang. <laughs> a little too long. Go on. What do you propose? I propose a new evangelism program. Oh yes, I'll pray for you. <laughs> Sorry, no, that so, was unrelated. To, to which deity? <laughs> that was unrelated. To, to, you know, one of those deities. So every time you, the listener, I'm talking to you now. I, mm-hmm. Allison's not part of this. I'm talking to you, the listener. Every Marty. time you reckon, <laughs> I'm talking to the listener. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope Marty listens to this episode now. I think he hasn't actually in a while. He hasn't this month anyway. Mm-hmm. I just looked at the uh, the stats. No one from Florida? No one from Florida in the last month. Tisk tisk. Maybe he got really offended that we didn't like the second Indian. Maybe so. Maybe so. Some people in Georgia have been listening though. Oh, that could be Laura. Oh, is she listening? I assume it's a lady from the name. I gave her the information. She's one of my bridesmaids. Bridesmaids? Yep. She used to be my roommate also. She was married to Chip at the time. Was she as good a roommate as I was? Well, she did a lot of cooking. Oh, so probably yeah, she was better than I was. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So anyway, <clears throat> so evangelist, you the listeners, uh-huh. every time you recommend the show to a friend, I propose tag one of us in a post on the RTR community face place with your friend's name or pseudonym if they'd prefer to remain private. And we'll give you and your friend a shout out and a personalized plea for them to listen to the podcast. That's so th- a good idea. So they, they can listen and we'll give them all the arguments that they need to make their decision, whether or not they're going to listen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because so, at that point, they're already listening. So we've already won. We already got it. Look, this is a tricky, tricky little scheme that I've got going on, and I think it, I think it just might work. Yeah, yeah. So you, Tommy, listen. Listen to the show. Danny. Danny. Daniel. George. Afri- Africa? I almost said Africa, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not, I, that's a name. People are named that. Africa. If you're listening to this, that's a name of people. I've known someone named Africa. Uh-huh. It's true. Not joking. Africa. Last if, name? I don't remember. <laughs> it was in high school. I don't I don't remember what her name was. I it was a lady woman though. It was a lady woman. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. So Africa, if you're listening to this, mm-hmm. recommend it to some folks. Yeah. Yeah. Ger- Gerald? Gerald? Yeah. Harold? <laughs> Arnold? Kumar? <laughs> <laughs> all the people. All the people. Just recommend it to people. Mm-hmm. Tag us. Tag either Allison or myself in a post mm-hmm. on the RTR community face place. Anyone with the last name Smith or White or Brown or... Gerald. Mm-hmm. Gerald. Last name Gerald. Sure. Why not? First Do- name, Africa. <laughs> I think you just made up a person. I really do. Af- Africa, Gerald. Africa, Gerald. Okay. Or uh, Gerald. You know, if you want to toss a podcast to your Witcher. Oh, so did you know that uh, Geralt and The Witcher is actually a video game series? There are three titles in the series. I can't do it. The Anger. 
It's too intense. Is it radiating? <laughs> Can you feel it? <laughs> the, the seethe is real. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's my podcast news. I recommend this evangelism program. And if you would like to take advantage of it, you, the listener, I'd be all right with it. You know the other way to let us know you're listening and loving us? Tell, do tell. Five star reviews. How many? Five. One, One two, three, four, five stars. Oh, man, that's hard math. It's hard math. But I think our our listeners can understand don't, it. Don't neg our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I, think our, I think our listeners can wrap their heads around one more than four and one less than six. But tell us. Is it the holy hand grenade? <laughs> where should they be doing these reviews? On Apple Podcasts, silly oh, Billy. Oh, my goodness. Do you have access? Is that a free place that they can go to? I believe so, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I have an Apple iPhone, so I have. <laughs> so it sounds like it's free, it's mm-hmm. easy, and it's... It's easy, breezy, beautiful. It's the best thing you can do. Yeah, especially if you want us to, to plug something you're working on. So like, if you leave us a five-star review and you're like, hey, during the podcast, do a shout-out for my Etsy shop. And I'd be like... Well, of course. Yeah. 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 And you can even say, I'd prefer Zach to do it. I'd prefer Allison to do it. Let's face it. You're going to ask Zach to do it. Mm -mm. (laughs) He says, no, prove him wrong. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, yes, I definitely do that. I think that's a good idea. Well, Mm -hmm. well said. So comments. We had some people, including your papa, say they like white Christmas. Your papa even says it's his favorite. He just says things. So I, I, I fear you are in the minority, sir. No, my dad, I, I, I think he's lying. Because mm. I know one of his favorites, his real favorite. His is, real favorite, Capra. <laughs> is, his, uh, yeah. It's Wonderful Life. Well, that's, that's the one he's talking about. Wonderful Life is actually his favorite. But what's the other director? There's Capra. Coppola. Coppola. Same person, though. That's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> All right. Well, let's have a discussion. Who do you like better? Capra, Coppola, Capellini pasta. That's like saying, do you like Steven Spielberg better or Stevie Spielbs better? I mean, they're the same person. Patently false. (laughs) Yes, it is very true that Capra and Coppola are the same man. Mm -hmm. So that's all I have for Act 1. Do you have anything to add to Act 1? No, let's slip silently into Act 2, Inside the Real. Inside the Real. So we're back to 1984. I'm a little tapped... (laughs) For 1984 facts? Yeah, like it's it's because I, I think every time we do an episode and I pick a, you know, we're, we're looking at the year, I try to cherry pick the most interesting facts I can find. Mm-hmm. So now we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. We're on the third run. Yeah. So I, I think I'm going to suggest going back and listening to N.G. Joe 2 or uh, our Gremlins episode because that's where we're going to get the other 1984 trivias. Yeah, I did scrape the bottom of the barrel. So what you're going to get are some really stupid facts right now. All right, let's go. <laughs> that happened in 1984. I took the lazy way out. <laughs> and In fact, these might be repeats. We might, might have already done some of these dumb ones, but... Uh, let's go. Here we go. Michael Jackson wins an unprecedented acclaim for his album Thriller and sales of over 37 million copies. Did we say that one before? No, no, we didn't. Ha Victory. All right, so we have at least one new one. Next Shoot. one. Go the the longest baseball game in MLB history was on May 8th and 9th. One game on 8th and 9th of May in 1984 in Chicago. It was the Milwaukee Brewers and the Chicago White Sox played 17 innings on May 8th before the game was suspended. 
with a score of 3-3. On the next day, the game was resumed before the regularly scheduled game. I feel kind of bad for the players because, you know, at one point they just get loopy, tired, exhausted. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, they've got people switching out and stuff like that, and it sounds like they were allowed to sleep at night. So uh, in playoff games in baseball, usually uh, the different teams will have to play like six games for the playoffs. In football, they get one shot in theory. If they lose that playoff game, then they're out of the running for the Super Bowl. Part of that is because if they had to play six or seven games in a row like that, they would die. (laughs) He's like, because it's much more of a physical game. It's very true. And in football, I think that they should remove the pads and the helmet. That seems like a terrible idea. It's actually a really good idea. And it it would actually be better for people's health. And it's the same with boxing. If you remove the gloves, it would be better for people. Because you don't hit people as hard if you don't have the padding. Well, because you hurt yourself. Exactly. So you hurt your knuckles rather than someone's brain. I, I, (laughs) I feel as though if you got rid of the helmets... In baseball, sorry, no, I mean <laughs> football. You just have a lot more people with concussions. No, you get more people with concussions because of the pads. Because it people gives get, you the illusion you can be meaner. Yes, yeah. You they charge at each other like trains and hit each other. Where if they didn't have the padding, they wouldn't do that. Huh? Like genuinely, there's there have been studies, and this is a genuine thing. It's more exciting with pads, but it would be much healthier without them. I think that we just need to understand that modern-day football players are basically our version of gladiators. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's I, I don't care enough about football one way or the other to fight the fight to say that they need to wear or not wear pads, but in, in my head, I'm, I'm thinking they would have to change how we play the game because of the, the physicality. Oh, yeah. So if they didn't have pads and stuff like that, all the plays and the standard plays and stuff like that would have to adapt. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so you wouldn't be running at each other such that you would fling somebody up in the air and they'd land on their back or their head or something like that. You you guys wouldn't be clashing heads, you know? Mm -hmm. People, when they clash like that, it's saving the blunt trauma, but uh, their brains are jangling around inside their skulls. Yeah, there was something that talked about all the undiagnosed concussions in professional sports oh yeah and, and that's that's huge so anyway I, it would be much healthier if they would i don't remember how we started on that topic but it would be you had a baseball fact oh yes so the next trivia of 1984 got it the, mm-hmm. and this is one that i think we may have done before but the mtv video music awards started this year i think we did that one too ah, damn Celebrities born this year, Scarlett Johansson, Olivia Wilde, Aubrey Plaza, Jared Queso, 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 Kate McKinnon. I love Kate McKinnon, and I love Aubrey Plaza. Now, correct me, Olivia Wilde, I couldn't remember your stance on her from House, because I, I know your stance on... Uh, Cameron? Yeah. Jennifer... Morrison? Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, I used to hate her on House, mm-hmm. despise... Couldn't even look at her without mm-hmm. just feeling a physical kind of visceral. Yeah. yeah. But I just did, I, I'm rewatching House. I haven't watched it in years and I started to rewatch and I'm on season six now. I don't dislike her character anymore. I don't know what happened to me. I've matured as a person, but. Um, or maybe became more tolerant. I think I'm, I might have become more tolerant of hmm. people's dumb ideas. <laughs> that doesn't sound tolerant. <laughs> I wonder why. Well, I don't get angry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I lack the ability to feel anger, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, no, I, I don't. I don't hate her anymore. But uh, thirteen is her character's name. But Olivia Wilde is a person. I think she did a great job on House, 
and uh, I always liked her character. Mm-hmm. And I think she's one of the most beautiful people in the world. Sometimes. From some angles. Oh, I always think she's beautiful. And I think maybe it's like, I was try- I'm was. i trying to analyze it, but I think it's the way she did her eyebrows or her stylist or whoever did her eyebrows. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it made it look like a clown, like it was a like a triangle shape. It was mm. weird. Yeah, I like her eyes, not eyebrows. I don't remember her eyebrows specifically, but her eyes always felt very cat-like, and I thought that was pretty. Her oh, yes. and um, Marjorie from Game of Thrones. Marjorie. Yeah. Marjorie, yeah. Talk <laughs> of the she-devil. What the hell? I'll take the call. Sorry. Uh, Bit no, of fan, Lori. No, I just I couldn't remember that actress's name, but both just very feline eyes, right? so I, yeah. I think that Agreed. is an attractive quality. I am sexually attracted to cats. So did you was... see the musical cats where the, no. the butthole or non-butthole edition? <laughs> what? I don't even know about this controversy. That sounds great. Okay. So they just recently did a live action cats musical, but they, mm-hmm. they did it where they did these weird CG cat bodies with human faces and it's really creepy looking. Yeah. So I know that Idris Elba was in it. Speaking of Idris Elba, I remember there was a big thing a while ago, uh, a big push to make him the next James Bond, which I would still love. Yeah. I think he'd be perfect for James Bond. Oh, I would. Yeah, he would be. People were then saying that he should also maybe do Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's the same fit. I think that he would he'd maybe kind of give off a similar energy as Eccleston did, who was the first Doctor of the, the new run starting in like 2005 or whatever. So recently I read an article that said very serious. fans really want Richard Iowati. And that's where I was going to go because I think he's the inverse. So uh, Idris Elba would be too serious, I think. I don't know if he could bring the humor. Mm-hmm. And I think Richard Iowati would be too funny. I've never seen him give a performance that was sincere. So I personally would love a Moss Richmond pairing in the TARDIS. Like I just that would be fantastic. Like maybe just even for a single episode to. Give oh my god, <laughs> you've just actually it, it sparked something. That would be amazing to have Noel Fielding be the the companion to Richard Iowati's Doctor. Yeah, that would be amazing. Although, but I, I it would be hilarious. But I just can't see Richard Iowati giving an emotional performance sincere performance yeah i mean the only time i've seen him serious is uh in interviews sometimes and they bring up a serious subject but even there it's I still can, just dry humor yeah even yeah. there it's it's tongue-in-cheek i don't okay. think i've ever seen him be genuine or uh, up next on the richard iowate podcast hour <laughs> i could talk about him for a long time love that guy yeah no. all right so synopsis I, so the good synopsis <clears throat> A martial arts master agrees to teach karate to a bullied teenager. My bad synopsis? That new kid LaRusso is kind of a dick. Yeah, he's kind of a bastard, isn't he? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I've got two. I've got one. Kid starts with no friends, ends with no friends. (laughs) But has a girlfriend. He does have a girlfriend, which I guess technically qualifies as a friend. And friends built right in there in the name. Yeah, but still, it's not a real friend. That's a (laughs) romantic partnership, (laughs) if we want to get... Now, I'll say that my romantic partner, my husband, yeah, he is my friend. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you married? Yeah, I'm married. Oh, okay. So and he's very much looking forward to joining us for our Big Trouble episode eventually. I am looking forward to that. Although it's not Big Trouble that he wants to watch. Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, Big Trouble is a different movie, which I love. Yeah. And that I don't think you guys have seen. Tim, no, a- Talking Tim Allen, Omar Epps. I, I have seen it. It just, to me, Big Classic. Trouble Little China is like where my head goes for the Big Trouble I, I'm going on record right now and saying that I doubt that Big Trouble in Little China will be anywhere near as good as Big They're Trouble different. with Tim Allen. 
And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Omar Epps. It's a continuation of White Christmas. Ben, ben Foster. Uh, ben Fold. Ben uh, I was Elton. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of all the Bens now. So what was your second synopsis? My second one is annoying boy caused all his own problems, but strange Japanese magic saves the day. I, what the hell was that? Racism? <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> what the hell was that? If you're not from here, you're magic. He rubbed so his it, hands together and fixed his broken leg. N- no, no. Oh, he still he, had a broken leg, but all of a sudden he could walk on it. Mind over matter, my dude. Yeah, warm hands over matter, apparently. Yeah. Well, okay. So it was basically making his hands a warm compress with a very temporary usage. Like, can you imagine if Icy Hot was just hot and it was like 30 seconds of warm hand? Look, I think what actually (laughs) happened, he had a secret (laughs) syringe of heroin. So he like slapped his hands together, quick, reached into his pocket, grabbed the heroin, stabbed him with it real quick. And then he was like, all right, you're good to go. You feel the warmth? Spreading so, through your veins right now? Have you ever seen Varsity Blues? Japanese you, magic, You basically baby. just described Varsity Blues. Is that really what happens? Well, no, they, they were injecting like a cortisone or something like that to numb the pain. And, and, and they were pretending it was Japanese magic? No, there was no magic involved. They were just shooting drugs into some kids' <laughs> knees. <laughs> well, that sounds like a wholesome sort of thing. <laughs> well, one of the funny things about uh, Varsity Blues is for a while they had all these very weird commercials on MTV where it was basically going through the inner thoughts of the cast members. And one of them was this really big, dumb guy who had a pet pig and wore a cowboy hat and... His name was Billy Bob, and he's just driving. <laughs> he sounds his like he's got lots of affectations. Oh gosh! And so Billy Bob was driving his truck in the commercial, and you're listening to his thoughts. He goes, "Why is my name Billy and Bob? Why is my name not just Billy or Bob?" It's from the South. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's what happens to people in the South. Where you get a lot of like Ashley Lynn or yeah, I know. anime. Anime is a Japanese form of animation. <laughs> wow, you just stole that right out of Big Bang Theory. Did I? <laughs> yeah, that was a Big Bang Theory joke. That, I used that, to that. know a girl named Anime, Anime Watson. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's the synopsis for you. So you want to get on to trivia? I've got a ton of trivia for this, as, as well as an eight-question quiz. Wow. So this usually means you either loved or hated the movie. <laughs> yeah, I think the only one that I completely abstained because I hated the movie was Indiana Jones 2. Yeah, and White Christmas. I didn't hate White Christmas. Just I, didn't I just didn't like, like it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, as far as trivia, we almost didn't get Pat Morita. In the early 1980s, Pat Morita was known for his comedic work as Arnold, the restaurant owner on Happy Days. According to the 2013 book, The Films of John G. Alvidston, Morita was Alvidston's first choice for Miyagi. However, producer Jerry Weintraub felt uh, that audiences would not take to him seriously in the role due to his background in comedy. After Morita grew a beard and added a Japanese accent to his screen test, an impressed Weintraub had a change of heart and Morita was given the part. I read that he didn't have a Japanese accent, or at least not a strong one. I don't know what his actual accent was but so my question was was the script written in bad english or did he add the bad english himself i think they knew they wanted him to be a a character of japanese descent so probably to have some accent or affectation to indicate his 
Japanese heritage. My question is, though, in the script, would it have said lines in proper English and then, you know, with a parenthetical? I don't know. My guess, Matt, since you listen and you know things. Oh, I'm sorry. He's not here to scoop me. He's not here to scoop you. I did not get Matt facts today. Text him. Text him. Text him. (laughs) Maybe he'll scoop me. Well, he's got access to Google, so he's just going to Google. Oh, my God, people. Allison's got access to the script. So, for instance, when Daniel approaches Miyagi when they first move into their new abode, Daniel says, are you the maintenance guy? Miyagi says, hi. So there's As no... As an H-I or... H-A-I as in Japanese, yes. I don't like Daniel you looking says, at the script, though, because um, you might be finding answers. Can I tell answers. my mom when? Miyagi says, when what? Uh, so, yeah, he's written in kind of... Um, Broken English. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And we got to the bottom of it. Yep. See, this is what you come to this podcast for, right? Answers to the real questions. The hard hitting. The heavy questions. So my first trivia is the car that young fella got as a gift from Dr. Miyagi was actually given to Ralph Macchio by the producer after the movie wrapped, and he still owns it. The car is a 1948 Ford Super Deluxe. Now, you'll notice I, I said that up front, so that's not going to be a trivia question this time. Remember I asked you which car, what the car was in Lost Boys? Mm-hmm. Nobody got it. So I feel like that, that, that would just be too hard of a question, so I'm just giving it to you for free. So I will say that that particular vehicle was also used in the new Netflix show based on the same characters in this movie called Cobra Kai. I wonder if it is, in fact, the a- actual car. That I wonder Ralph Macchio kept around. If he's kept it and taken care of it, I would assume. Yeah. But but who knows? Yeah, who knows? Well, we could if we Googled it, but we're not going to bother. No. We so, already Googled something today, folks. <laughs> <laughs> you think we can just Google things willy-nilly? Nah. Nah. Forget about it. Uh, You're the Best by Joe Thank you. Esp- oh, no, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> You are the best, Zach. (laughs) Thank you. You're very kind. (laughs) So the song, You're the Best, by Joe Esposito, was originally written by Bill Conti and Allie Willis to be used in Rocky III, but was ultimately replaced by Survivor's Eye of the Tiger. So we got a passed on song. Yeah, you scooped me on that one. I had that as well. Well, that's good if you have so many. Yeah, it's true. So So, Bill, Bill. If I can't read your notes, you can't read my notes. I'm just staring at his last name. Oh, that would be such an easy name to make fun of in high school. Esposito? What? No, Bill Conti. Oh. <laughs> Come on. One, one letter. One letter change. Uh-huh. Come on. He needs to fix that. <laughs> I'm four. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. So, yeah, you stole one of mine. That's fine. I'll try not to take it personally. Mm-hmm. Pat Morita. Mm-hmm. Pat Morita himself designed the bonsai logo that was sewn into Daniel's gi. Oh. Isn't that sweet? I like that. See, I, I'm a huge Pat Morita fan. Like, I just, I find him to be so lovable. I didn't know him from anything else, but you said he was in Happy Days, right? Mm-hmm. Was he in anything else that you knew? So, he's been in all of the Karate Kids except for the recent franchise, which was with Jackie Chan. I'll tell you what, I, yeah, I haven't seen the Jackie Chan one, but I haven't seen any of the sequels for the original Karate Kid. And I didn't know that there were three. I thought there was, I barely knew there was a second one. There's the three, and then there's the next Karate Kid, which has Hillary Swank in it. It's a lady. <laughs> Ladies can't do karate. They're not allowed. So gonna beat him up later. 
Um, oh, these aren't my rules. I'm just saying (laughs) that God, God set that up. I learned something very recently about the next karate kid that just kind of blew my mind, which was one of the, the young Cobra Kai kids in the, the next karate kid was a young Walter Goggins. And I was just like, what? he didn't have such an interesting hairline at that time. (laughs) An interesting hairline. (laughs) Probably not at at that age, but it blew my mind because I was like, who's that man with a such looks like Tony with a very luxurious thick head of hair. Did he still have big teeth? Did he have big teeth at the time? Uh, I mean, yeah, not, I mean, for for some reason it didn't look as pronounced. I'm seeing if I could, maybe um, he got big teeth later, like (laughs) big old fake dentures. (laughs) seeing if i could pull up a picture of it because I, I i cannot have this dark knowledge and not share it <laughs> the dark knowledge of walter goggins as a kid <laughs> <laughs> oh there they are about to blind somebody yeah it was funny to me because walter goggins is just such an interesting actor <laughs> i think he's a great actor yeah he plays some wild roles and he's got wild well, hairline and wild teeth yeah so. Well, just those teeth are impressive. Yeah. Best teeth in Hollywood, I They're have to formidable. say. They're formidable. Yeah, <laughs> formidable teeth. So, Pat Morita has been in 175 credits. Oh, uh, so he's his, he's been around? Yeah, he's been around. Done a few things. Oh, he was the voice in some of the Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> Who was he? The Emperor of China. So, the whole reason I said that one particular credit is because I know Zach would know what that is. <laughs> See, that's, that's the, now you're coming at me with condescension. You don't think I'll know what any of these other movies are. Terminator, he doesn't know what that is. Terminator's not on here. Yeah, well. <laughs> so. That's the type of condescension you would do. Oh, and I also did not realize that there was a TV short series about the Karate Kid that happened in 1989. He <laughs> was in that also. Wow, they really rode that franchise. They really did. All right, so was that, uh, was were we doing my trivia still? Uh, or had you done yours? <laughs> we go on tangents yeah. the size of Texas. <laughs> Vest, indeed. So I think that was, you asked me if Pat Morita was in other things. Oh, you said you liked days. him. You just said yeah. you liked him. Yeah. And I was wondering what he, what else he might have been in that you would have liked him from. So the answer is... Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, Mulan. Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, you wouldn't have known anything else. <laughs> and that's I not condescension. Things. I know things. <laughs> So uh, while a lot of the buildings shown in the film are still intact and look the same, Mr. Miyagi's house from the film sadly was demolished in the late 1980s. Who would do such a thing? Well, they knocked it down to build something else. Paid yeah, paradise got, and put up a parking lot. Yeah, it got too old and America said, gotta <laughs> smash it to the ground, put build a, a car, car park, park here. <laughs> All right, Elizabeth Shue interrupted her studies at Harvard, Harvard, to be in this movie. She went to Harvard. Yeah. So it's funny to see her in this, like just so young and fresh and innocent. And then to see her in The Boys as <laughs> the character she played. I know you haven't seen The Boys yet, so I don't want to spoil anything. She play a hooker? No. Okay. So Elizabeth Shue, was she the main lady, uh, the love interest in this yes. particular film? Yep. Okay. Allie. So in the original script, there was a fight that was deleted out of the original that I wish they had left in because it set the tone that maybe the teacher of Cobra Kai was a bad guy and should be someone that we question. And do you want to act the script with me? I think you should be LaRusso. I'll, I'll be, this is your thing. So you cast me however you wish. Okay. Read for Daniel. We both know that you can kick my ass seven ways from Sunday. So why do you still bother? Maybe because I like to. You ever think he might be wrong? Who? You teach you. Watch your mouth, a hole. Aww. <laughs> I added that. 
I like it. Thank I like. It. I think we should uh, get our Oscar. Any we should take now. this thing yeah. on the road. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I like the idea of before the main tournament questioning the tutelage of the Cobra Kai dojo, just because we see it as extreme, but we don't get to see those seeds of doubt planted in Johnny until way late in the tournament. Or well, yeah, and I think we only see a seed of doubt from one of them. Like in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think we see... One of them says, like, he's had enough. He's had enough, all right? Yeah. It's like, what? whatever, mom. <laughs> Someone says that. You're um, not my real mom. <laughs> <laughs> Prove it, buddy. <laughs> so, your turn. The fly in the scene was attached to a fishing line and was being moved around by a crew member. Oh, how fascinating. <laughs> Why am I criticizing my own trivia? I wrote that down. I know. It's like everyone's critical is Zach today. <laughs> Subplot of Karate Kid. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, it was widely rumored that Chuck Norris was initially considered for the role of Cobra Kai sensei John Kreese, but turned down the role as he did not want to be associated with a character that represented martial arts in such a cruel and aggressive way. Norris had stated that he was never offered the part, but likely would have turned it down for those reasons if he had been. I like that. (laughs) He's like, they didn't even ask me, but if they did, I would have said no. And director John Alveston also did not recall Norris ever being offered the role. So no one knows how this rumor got started. Probably by Chuck Norris. He sounds like he was angry that they didn't come to him. See, that sounds like... The the facts about Chuck Norris that were really popular in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah. You know, Chuck Norris sweats and that's how he got energy drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. There were tons of them. When I was in, like, high school and such, people were talking about him all the time. Yeah. No. What were some of them? Like, he doesn't fight. He just allows you to lose. Yeah. (laughs) So, the song that Mr. Miyagi drunkenly sings during the, quote, celebration of his anniversary is actually fragments of a Japanese folk song called Backstreet Life, written by Takeo Abe, Abe? That Pat Morita often heard as a child. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I'm out of facts, so if you want to. Oh, okay. <laughs> At the time, Columbia Pictures was owned by Coca-Cola, which insisted that their products appear on screen. Ralph Macchio objected to that. In the Miyagi workshop scene, he deliberately covered the Sprite logo with his hand, and they made him redo the scene. So he showed the Sprite logo for the shortest time that he could get away with. Oh. It was a little bit punk rock like that. You know, he looked like a young fella, but he was actually 22. Apparently the crew didn't believe him. They kept questioning his age and didn't believe when he said he was 22. Yeah, because he looked like he was 13. I know. He was a little, he was he was a little, a little scrawny tight. fella. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently he was quite the little uh, punk rock fella. He was like, I'm not doing this corporate shilling. Mm-hmm. Not going to mm-hmm. shill for your corporate Coca-Cola. Was his objection to specifically Coca-Cola or was there a, no, on, he just, on the grander? Yeah, he didn't, he didn't want the artistic integrity of a scene to be a Pepsi guy. diminished. Yes, <laughs> that's in fact what was happening. He wanted Sierra Mist. I wanted brisk tea. Mm, refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, the skeleton fight scene that we were just talking about. Uh-huh. It says endured numerous takes because the actors complained that Fumio Demura, who was Pat Morita's stunt double and a real martial artist expert was hitting them too hard, <laughs> <laughs> which caused the scene to lose some of the uh, the choreography and the authenticity. So Fumio told the director that if he could use his own students, they would get the shot in one take. And the director agreed, and they shot the fight scene successfully in one take. And one of the doubles is a descendant of the legendary King of the Frontier, Davy Crockett. That's really cool. I mean, what? That's... I don't know how he can prove that, but whatever. All right, so I'll just continue. I've got three more. 
This oh. was the top rental video of 1985. Mm-hmm. Oh, the year of my birth. Oh, there you go. So people were really watching. You were probably conceived while they were watching this movie. Doubt it. Extras were so caught up in the tournament scene that they would actually boo William Zabka when the cameras were not even rolling. One thing further, Zabka's mother was in the crowd and she kept telling people around her that he was actually very nice in real life. He's super nice in real life. Is I've he? met him. He gave me and my friends a hug at a horror movie convention that we attend. And one thing, he smelled great. <laughs> <laughs> what do you smell know. like? I don't know. Like, kind of like a, it, it's not going to sound great when I describe it, but like kind of like a, a nice polished leather kind of manly smell. It's not bad. Yeah. What, whatever cologne William Zapka wears, the man smells very nice. Like right. ki- kind of spiced and leathered. Like he. Spiced and <laughs> nice strong hug um mm. yeah Seems like uh you had a thing for this fella little william zapka but i married you weren't at the time probably i, w- I was not at the time no the, this was actually back when we could be in public with people so. <laughs> <laughs> and before i knew mark so all right are you prepared well now i'm all distracted because i'm thinking <laughs> everybody <laughs> Spiced leather. <laughs> spiced leather. No, what did you say? Uh, spiced and leathered. Yeah. It was the verb. He was leathered. That's what I sounded weird. I think it sounded like a leather day or something. <laughs> spiced and leathered. That's your open. That's your debut album, I think. Spiced. Alison Krauss. Spiced, spiced and, and leathered. leathered. <laughs> Meanwhile, other Alison Krauss is like, that's not my brand. Oh, it is now. <laughs> All right. Everyone, you prepared? It's quiz time. It's a great pack. All right, calm down, calm down, everybody. Jeez. (sighs) Question number one. Okay. What town in New Jersey were the LaRusses moving from? Oh, what town in New Jersey? I I know what town they moved to from in California, but I don't don't remember. Newark. Okay. I probably could have guessed because if you asked me other places in New Jersey. I was kind of waiting for you to just throw out a guess. It probably would have been correct. (laughs) What city in California were they moving to? Reseda. Correct. Allison wins one point. Yay. What is the name of Mr. Miyagi's home country? Okinawa. Two points for Allison. What metaphor does Miyagi use to describe Daniel's commitment to karate? Like a grape being squished. Lane, yes, safe. Lane, no, safe. In the middle, dangerous. You squished like a grape. Close enough. Left lane, right lane. Yeah. But middle, yes. All right. Three points for Allison. You're killing this quiz. Woo. How many attempts does it take Daniel to catch the fly? Four. Correct. <sighs> Come on. What? This is the best quiz yet. <laughs> it is, actually. You've done. You've never done as well on a quiz as you have on this you one. usually give me like a pity less question. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll still give that to you. What labors did Miyagi have Daniel perform and in what order? The first was to wash and then wax the cars. Second was to sand the decks with a Japanese sander. Then last, what? Uh, no, not last. Third was to paint the fence, the interior and exterior. And then last was to paint the house. Okay. Correct. What? Come on, son. <laughs> All right. I didn't even realize I was such an expert. Now I've jinxed myself. <laughs> All right. Second to last question. Which of the following was not a member of the Cobra Kai gang? Tommy, Bobby, or Freddy? I don't remember a Bobby. I remember a Dutch. Dutch the Clutch? Dutch. The- <laughs> 
So I'm I'm gonna say Bobby. Incorrect. Oh, oh Allison. <laughs> yep. No, it was Freddie. Freddie. Freddie was the friend that he, oh, the quote unquote friend. Yeah, that he the made one who abandoned him real quick. Like I know. What the hell was that? And then it was never addressed real again. Cool friend you got there, Freddie. And then they just abandoned him, and then he sees them the next day, and they abandon him again, and then we just never hear from him. You are totally uncool. We don't want to hang out with squares. Bunch of bastards, in my opinion. All right, last question. Uh-huh. What was the name of the tournament at the end of the movie? Oh, man. I remember the logo so vividly. Like, there was a big E in it, but I don't remember the name of the tournament. Is that your final answer? That I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the All Valley Karate Championship. So why do I remember the logo kind of being like a big white E? Maybe it was Karate E. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> so anyway. All right. So I think that's five points for you. That's still one that's, of my best. Yeah. That's yeah. the most ever, I think. Well done. Everyone give Allison a round of applause. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> Stop. Alarm. <laughs> All right, so now we move on to Act 3 Movie Analysis. Now, I had the idea that perhaps instead of calling this movie analysis, mm-hmm. we would treat it more like a court case. Okay, a review. So you're for the defense, and I'm the prosecution. Okay. So I haven't set it up for this, but how do you think? Does that sound like a thing we can format it thusly? But you're not always persecuting. Like, the, the goal is not to have you be, like, critically not in favor. Yes, that's true. But maybe I'm just a bad lawyer. <laughs> so I'm agreeing. So like, you're, you're yeah. the lawyers for idiocracy. Well, he is guilty of not paying. <laughs> and I even heard he doesn't have his tattoo. And he crashed into my house. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he interrupted me while I was watching. Oh my balls! <laughs> <laughs> so sure, if you want to be a bad prosecutor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, movie analysis. What on the planet Earth was your nostalgia rating for this movie? So in our last episode, I gave it a nostalgia rating of 6.5. I gave you a predicted real rating of a 6. Okay. And I seem to remember that you gave me a predicted real and a predicted heart. Yes. So what was your predicted heart? Oh, sorry. Predicted real, I gave you 4. And heart, I gave you a 6. So, okay. So real is 4. Heart is 6. Mm-hmm. Let me see if you're right. You couldn't be more. I, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> you're not going to tell me because I'm right? Possibly. Okay. Though possibly not. I'm not going to tell you. All right. Are we ready to get into the movie? Yeah. So this didn't seem worthy of a timestamp. But did you find that the opening went on just a little bit too long? Like a little too much Purple Mountains majesty. I mean, like I get it. We're driving from Jersey to California. And they that's wanted a long you to drive. S- see each segment of the interstate. Yeah, they re- it really lingered a little too much. And uh, like, oh, yeah, she has a crap car. Yeah, it didn't go as much as, say, Birdemic did with following the cars. But, I mean, that movie had a ton of just watching people park yeah. and pull out of things and <laughs> and dr- drive down little country roads. Yeah, it just, it was kind of reminiscent of that, but this came before <laughs> that. So, it, like, yeah. it just, for an action film, I felt this film has a runtime that is a little longer than your average action film. Well, but it's symptomatic or emblematic of an older movie where shots lingered longer. So th- that that was all. It didn't felt worth like us rejourning through, <laughs> through all that. Yeah. yeah. Especially since there's not a lot of dialogue. Yeah. No, but I agree. I, I noticed that too. And in fact, I was kind of rewatching it before you got here mm-hmm. and I skipped past it. I, th- I think it was a full like four or five minutes of, yeah. of that nonsense. It, it just two minutes at most was needed for that. <laughs> 
or not even a minute maybe yeah like, like just, just show a few clips of them going down the road and get right. to it or just show like a simple map and like a little cartoon drawing of a car going through <laughs> exactly <laughs> make it the muppets all right so what's your first time stamp Nine fifteen. mine's eight twenty four. here we go okay so this is the scene where our fella goes looking for the maintenance guy to fix their leaky faucet all right, so he's entering little Miyagi's shop here. People in apartment 20. Did you notice in the top left corner the shower yeah, costume? Yeah, Oh, I didn't, but now I do. <laughs> he's intimidated. Hey. <laughs> well, hello, but are you going to fix it? Well, can I tell my mom when? When what? This guy's not when following the conversation. After. After what? After, after. I love him. <laughs> love me. <laughs> He's a charming fellow, but just to break down what just happened, he says, no, I'm not going to fix your the problem you guys have getting running water in your home because I'm trying to catch a fly with chopsticks. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say it, but that is what's happening. He's concentrating. On something that doesn't matter. <laughs> Matters to him. Yeah, but that's trivial. Like you can say that that might matter to you, but you caring about that so much is stupid. But First of all, they they explain later in the movie that he's doing that more or less just for kicks. Yeah. Like he says the person who can catch it with chopsticks can accomplish anything. He he said that I think tongue in cheek because then Daniel catches it and he's like, "Ah, whatever, it was beginner's luck." Beginner's, yeah. So, basically you he's doing that suck. he's doing that just for kicks. So, basically he's just being lazy. Like, I don't want to fix your thing because I'm just messing around right now. Bye. Go away, kid. You bother me. (laughs) (laughs) It seemed like the filmmakers were kind of trying to pass this moment off as, ooh, he's doing something kind of spiritual and a little bit deep. Oh, I didn't get that. I thought they were just trying to make him seem like he wanted to be left alone, maybe a little abrasive. Okay. So perhaps he was just being quirky. Either way, he's just wasting time and he's not fixing this guy's problem. He's a bad maintenance guy. Fire him immediately. Now, we don't know... We don't know. Like, maybe oh, he just know. spent all day unclogging the crazy lady's toilet, and he just needed a little break. <laughs> he needed some time to himself chopping some sticks with flies in the air. Chopping some sticks. Like, I just imagine the way he described it, like a fly with a little tiny abs, and he was helping the fly <laughs> chop up some chopsticks. <laughs> the fly is desperately trying to work through this log. <laughs> it's like, here, here, need, little fella. I need some kindling for a fire. I, too, am going to a beach party later. <laughs> I wonder if the uh, the fly also got humiliated. <laughs> anyway. When are you going to help me make the firewood? After. After what, Mr. Miyagi? Shut up, fly! <laughs> All right. After, after. <laughs> after, after. After, after, after. Anyway. Now I have to go help this kid with his faucet. I couldn't possibly help you, fly. <laughs> Stupid fly. I've got real work to do. Shoo, fly. Don't bother me. <laughs> Anyway, that's all I had for this. I just thought that he was being a lazy bastard. That's all. Ah, I titled this, you know, nothing like a good old beach leerer. I mean, like the way LaRusso was so like predatorily staring at Allie, I would have been really uncomfortable by this kid. I'm like, okay. So I feel like there's, there. My, I, this is not my personal style, leering at folks. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this has to have been the beginning of some people's relationships where somebody is just like so enraptured by someone else's beauty that they go, oh my. And the other person notices them looking and they're like, oh, 
And like, oh, so flattered. I feel like you just described the Twilight books. <laughs> I've only ever watched one of the Twilight movies, but that was with Rift Tracks, so yeah. I was not paying attention to the story. Line. <laughs> Line. Line. <laughs> Line. <laughs> but so, no one ever spoke. I don't know. I mean, maybe this is also just like a teenage way of flirting, but it yeah. just seemed like it just lingered. Again, do we have to let it linger? Well, let's watch. Oh, God. So they're listening to Cheap Boys, Beach Boys. So she's also like 21 or something like that here. Him in his short shorts, staring, leering. (laughs) She's looking away, letting him know back to staring. You know, I didn't actually actually take in how long that was, but that was a long leer. And it was a close leer. He wasn't leering from across the way. He was like right in front of her, just staring down at her. And his short shorts kind of pivoting his hips a little bit. (laughs) Like, and those are not masculine shorts. Those look like cut off shorts. For the 80s, though. Yeah, true. That was the height of masculinity. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking at Mr. I'm wearing a sweater to the beach with short shorts. Well, apparently this was the wintertime. Everyone's wearing jackets and sweaters in this movie. Yeah, even the poor people going into the water. Yeah. So we're about to see him kick the ball at someone. And when um, he mm, got it, him in the nose, he got him in the eye. Hey. Yeah. Cause there was a trivia about that, that I didn't include in my notes, but yeah, he got him. Yeah. Though. He got him really hard in the eye. Good. The hills, the hills man. You don't want to go over there. People go over there and never come back. <laughs> so that, that was all I had there was just the, the awkward long leer. It was an awkward, long leer. You know what? I uh, I didn't pick up on how awkward and leery that was. So uh, Josh has just gotten back to us. He's listening in the other room. Mm-hmm. And he told us that the car used in Cobra Kai, the TV show, is in fact the exact same car from this movie. That's just a cool piece of trivia. Yeah, there you go. A little bit of trivia follow-up. Yep. I was also really excited. So there's a band that's kind of off the wall called the proto men and i love them they did a cover of phil collins in the air which was featured in the newest season of cobra kai their original albums the first two that they released are actually a mega men rock opera oh i like a good rock opera yeah i'll I'll hook you up with the must listens to songs i'm a big fan of album number two it just has a sound that i jive with more the first one is still very good but the second album it's a standalone story i think is very good interesting i'd like to listen to it did you listen to the new system of down songs i didn't know that they had any new songs dos they came out with two songs that are about a war that's raging right now in armenia that sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Did we complete our tour of duty on this scene? With the awkward leering? I mean, the awkward leering, apparently, according to this freeze frame, is continuing. But <laughs> it continued on to, into another scene. <laughs> but I, I had not intended to keep going with it. But my next scene is 1115. And I call this scene cool kids entering on cool bikes being cool. And as we lead up to that, I'll say that there is a theory um, that Daniel LaRusso is actually the bad guy of the movie. I had not really, there, there are parts of this scene that I didn't remember exactly as they showed. Like Daniel's friends abandoning him. Um, like I had no memory of that. Well, I, I guess I can kind of forgive you for not remembering. I didn't, his friends were such a side note because they didn't really They never anything. came back. Yeah. So I just... It was that's part, weird writing. Part, part of the movie that just escaped my brain because it was so inconsequential. Yeah, but that's such weird writing. They needed to get him to the beach. One guy inviting him that solved that problem, and then to I don't 
know why they kept abandoning him. Yeah, I mean, I, they could have like been there for him and supported him or doubted him, like still been friends with him, but doubted that he'd be able to do it and he'd have to prove them wrong. Mm -hmm. They could have been incorporated into the rest of the story. Somehow. And they just were not. Apologized at the end of the tourney, something. Yeah, exactly. It just felt like the writers were like, I can't deal with these people anymore. We have enough side characters with the bad guys of Cobra Kai. (laughs) (laughs) Except none of them were really explored except for the main one, Johnny. Oh gosh, I have some things to say about one of his, this guy here. Blonde bully number one? Blonde bully number one, just like he is the most animated of all his friends. Like he is so far up Johnny's ass. Like <laughs> it just, I'm like, okay, you are his own private cheerleader. Just relax, dude. Well, so this is the Walter Goggins guy. I think he looks a bit like Walter Goggins. I think he looks like Ed Evil from Fright Night. I have seen Fright Night, Mark. <laughs> All right, so here, let's let's get the cool guys coming in looking cool. Hey, Bobby. No, thanks, pal. Johnny, who are you kidding? You're still the ace degenerate. No, ex-degenerate, man. 8 a.m. tomorrow, I'm a senior. I've got one year to make it all work, and that's what I'm going to do. See, he's work. turning oh, his yeah. life right? around. That's he's right, being man. a good guy. Hey, you must be a trendsetter, Johnny. Looks like everyone's doing something new. What? Take a right. Check it out. Check it out. You know, his voice reminds me of one of the baby reindeer in... What the hell kind of... No, look <laughs> Sorry, I just looked around. I was trying to talk to my friend Allison here, and she had been replaced by a monster. So in the scene, just where we happen to pause it, his friend, his teeth are over his lower lip, so he's making a really derpy face. So I, I was emulating that. It scared me. <laughs> so anyway, this derpy fella right here, his voice, don't do it again, <laughs> reminds me of one of the mean reindeer boys from uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed. No, yeah, the the one that would started off trying to be his friend is like, whoa, what's wrong with your face? <laughs> yeah, exactly. His his voice sounds very similar to this. Hey, Johnny, forget it, man. It's ancient history. Who See, this guy's the voice of reason. Johnny, hey, man, I thought they broke up. He did. He did. Yeah, I guess every bully needs a good hype man. Get you hyped up. As we're watching the the kids rush down to the beach, the theory, you know, Johnny is trying to change his life and be a different person. And here's this new kid, LaRusso, who's antagonizing him constantly and just constantly showing up and making him, you know, he's a a teenage boy full of hormones and spunk and fight. And (laughs) spunk means something else in Britain land, but continue. He's being spunky. It means jizz. Well, I, I take that back. Okay, <laughs> he's a young boy, you know, full of energy and hormones and just pluck. <laughs> pluck means something else in uh, in Scotland. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It means one jizz. <laughs> jizz. <laughs> yeah, I was going to try to make it sound a little bit more acceptable for this family program, but we have never said that we're for family. <laughs> this is a family friendly podcast, damn it. Maybe we should so one of the podcasts that I do love and listen to, my brother, my brother and me, they'll do one special episode a year called Candle Nights, which is like their holiday special. Mhm. And they will abstain from using any swear words for that one special family-friendly episode. Do they replace those swear words with things like gosh? They may say like gosh or... Golly. Golly, you know. Okay. Yeah, so the theory is that little uh, Mr. Hero, that's what I called him in my notes. I didn't take in anyone's name. So he's Mr. Hero. The bully is Blonde Bully. Uh, (laughs) Blonde Bully one. (laughs) And his girlfriend is Natural Blonde. And that, that will be explained... 
<laughs> the, my reason for calling her that in a in a subsequent scene. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone else has names. Oh, Mr. Miyagi, because it, for some reason there was a, a scene where Daniel couldn't get it through his head that it was pronounced Miyagi. Miyagi. He kept saying Miyagi. It's like, you haven't seen it written down. You've only heard him say Miyagi. Why do you say Miyagi? Yeah. It, um, that doesn't make any sense that he would change the, the consonant there. Yeah, it doesn't. But nothing LaRusso does because he is the bad guy makes any sense so yes i want to come back to that anyway so because he confused that so many times i started calling him in my notes Majiji. <laughs> so i will say that you know sometimes people do like misgender or mispronounce things to specifically be antagonistic and mm-hmm. maybe that's what it is because you know maybe maybe he was just continuing his streak of being a jerk yeah well possibly so the this the theory is that he is in fact the real bad guy jerk whatever in the movie i didn't see it that way on my first watch through so i'm trying to think of each encounter he had with uh the blonde bully Mm -hmm. as i termed him so the first the first instance was blonde bully being he came over trying to domineer a lady on Mm -hmm. the beach and this was a lady that he was crushing on so i think he got defensive and i don't think he handled that in a poor way i mean he got a little he took a fighting stance but the other guy took a fighting stance too well, yeah, it, it's just uh, he was trying to talk to her and uh, this kid kind of kept interjecting kind of thing. Well, by talk to her, you mean he he took Forcibly. her, ra- oh, yeah, took no, her radio it, away and was... It, it's it's kind of like a fun fan theory. Now, the biggest example of where I see his point kind of comes up later and I'll identify it. So, let's continue. To the fight. Fight. The street you cool cars being cool on bikes. So the music here and the beach with fire, totally 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is the most 80s of 80s. Well, Lost Boys is the most 80s of 80s. And (laughs) this could have gotten close if the fires had been in barrels. Oh, yeah. Well, they're they're ritzy kids. They don't have barrels. Oh, they didn't have barrels in their neighborhood. So they used posh wood. Yeah. Just wood. Wood. Just wood. Just wood. Just wood. <laughs> Stupid the, idiots. Those hill kids. <laughs> it's up in the hills. They don't know how it's done. You're supposed to use a barrel, idiots. I want to talk to you. Just leave me alone. We've been over all this, all right? I don't want to talk. Well, I want to talk to you, all right? What is your problem? Look, why don't you just take your little Cobra Kai's and get out of here? Oh, right? yeah, right. And that's going to solve everything. All right. So he came in with his biker gang mm-hmm. and his headband. Mm-hmm. And he because he's Cobra Kai, do or die. And they they started uh, taking over their little party. They were just having a nice little shindig with he, all ladies. Yeah, and so they've broken that all up. They've got their guys kind of surrounding the area. He comes and starts shouting at her and making demands of her. Yeah, I just want to talk to you. Rips her radio out of her hand and uh, starts a little confrontation. I don't think that that's unreasonable for a uh, little Mister Hero over here to interject. Yeah, to interject. On behalf of the lady that's being bullied. I said, give me my radio. You promise you'll talk to me? Yes, just give you me promise. my radio. Yes. Crushes the thing? Give me my radio. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, really, she threw the first punch, so I think she's, in fact, the bully. Oh, yeah, maybe I should change my mind. And she did. She said, you know, if you give it back, I will talk to you. Press play defiantly. So. So, really. She she threw the first play punch yes indeed so this is actually continuing your streak of being a victim blamer <laughs> <laughs> don't touch it punk 
See, he's still trying to make the situation good. He pushes him down. It's definitely Blonde Bully. Blonde Bully is the real bully. See, but he charged Zapka first. No, he didn't. Uh, he just did. No, I know, but Zapka just pushed him down. Yeah, but he got up and it's like, oh, yeah. Like, no, but Zapka pushed him. That was the first aggression. Well, I, I don't know. In, in that situation now, I have not been in a, a beach fight before, but I feel like I'd be like, well, man, cool. We're cool. And like, well, that may be how you would handle the situation, yeah. which might be a reasonable way to handle it. But it was definitely Zapka that threw the first aggression. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a punch, but he pushed him down. Yeah. You pushed, you pushed him down. See, but then he keeps coming up to him. Like, just... Well, yeah, so he, at this point, they're engaged in a fight, and he's trying to keep going, even though he's a little pipsqueak. He's a talentless pipsqueak. Ooh, got him right in his kisser. Sucker punched him. No mercy. I mean, I he's like a foot shorter than him. Show a little bit of mercy. And in tight jeans, like... Yeah, I will say that the one guy of Cobra Kai just always seems to be... The sympathetic face man. What, that's saying that he doesn't like what's happening? Yeah, like like he just looks at things and it's like, come on, Shawnee, let it go. Yeah. yeah. And the other guy's egging him on. So it's like, uh, what, id and ego. The angel and the devil on the shoulder. That's right. And then, oh, here we go. I'll, I'll help. This is my time, Sam. <laughs> sure pick cool people to be friends with, Freddy. Where'd you find this guy? Come on, let's go. Good guy. Like I genuinely I could not believe that they all just abandoned him. Yeah. It was it was kind of like watching a nature documentary. You know, where <laughs> he it's has like found inferior to the colony. Exactly. And has been ostracized. <laughs> it's like it was like the defeated male must be shunned by the other males <laughs> lest they be thrown out of the herd. He is an inferior mate and so the other women lead the one female away. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean she was trying to help him and he was shunning her. Male ego, you know. Just don't don't even look at me, man. I don't understand why. I think that would have been a really good in. You know, like, ooh, I'm wounded. Please take care of me. Yes, I have a wound. It's like Indiana Jones. Where does it hurt? Here. And he pointed to his elbow. And here. Chin. Here. Mouth. See? Indiana Jones knew what was up. I mean, he could get, he could pull any lady. Students. Students. Mm -hmm. uh, Underage women. Mm-hmm. Anybody? Oh, young students. Nazis. 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 Uh, <laughs> d- uh, he he knew how to pull them. Chemically imbalanced women's. <laughs> chemically imbalanced women's. Are just generally crazy women's. From uh, episode two. Yeah. Oh man, I don't even. I I still don't know how to fully verbalize. Willie. Also, I will say it is really hard for me not to just love William Zapka and and seek out reasons to hate Larusso now. You so wait, but you don't like Ralph Macchio? No, and I will say that even in Cobra Kai, I don't like Ralph Macchio as much as I like Johnny. 
Well, I mean, the not the character, but the the uh, the man himself. Oh, Ralph Macchio, the the person is fine. Like he seems like a, a really sweet guy. I just haven't had the pleasure of meeting him yet. So gotcha. He's not as obtainable or approachable. Uh, he's godlike in that way. <laughs> and you know, anyone who's been on Psych is good in my book. See, come on, son. All right, here, line up your little. Uh... So I just thought this scene was important to watch because it sets up the really harsh and militant way that Kreese has set up his dojo in his little army and then also make the, the false comparison to the dojo in Napoleon Dynamite. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a long time since I've seen that movie, but they're different. You think i because I go home to Starla every night? <laughs> <laughs> I need to see that movie again. Starla was muscular. But the scene we're going into, Daniel LaRusso does not know that this is where everyone's training to beat him up. Fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, Sensei! Hey, does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, Sensei! Beat does not exist in this dojo, does it? Who puts a cut out of this? Fear does not exist in this dojo, does it? No, Aich means stand up. And what is that way? Strike first, strike hard, no mercy, sir. I can't hear you. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy, sir. Mr. Lawrence. Yes, Sensei. Warm them up. Aich. What does that mean this time? (laughs) Add attention. I like the little expression he gives him there. It almost seemed kind of flirty to me. <laughs> the smile that Zapka gives uh, uh, little Ralph Macchio oh, here. Oh, I took it mean like, you know. Oh, it's like, obviously oh, supposed to be mocking. you're, you're trying to join yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's what it was. Okay. But maybe it's his inner personality being such a good guy. It seemed a little, uh, little naughty. A little like... <laughs> Hey there. A little spicy leather. Yeah. (laughs) He wanted to spice and leather him. (laughs) I think it was the third one where LaRusso actually does temporarily join Cobra Kai. Was uh, Frank Zapka, Frank uh, Ocean, Frankie uh, Williams, Shatner, Zapka, (laughs) any of those people? Were they still there? No. Okay. (laughs) Frankie Ocean. (laughs) Very different. Yeah. Still, good guy, good guy. So, moral of the story? Oh, just the way that Dojo is set up, the lines, the way they have to jump to attention, the the mantra of strike first, strike hard, no mercy, Just it just is so militant. And it's already kind of starting a stark comparison in the way that Johnny Lawrence is trained compared to eventually how LaRusso will be trained. Perhaps it was written as a metaphor for the U.S. foreign defense policies you mean possibly uh or also just how we take something culturally from someone and manipulate it in a way to suit our needs that loses the Mm. original art and Mm. beauty and culture of the original product certainly that was the vehicle of the metaphor Mm. Mm. i agree like a a butterfly being crushed on the wheel (laughs) yeah probably (laughs) that's deep man All right, so mine is this here. 
he has just left the dojo after being humiliated by Frank Zapka's or William Zapka's sexy stare. Humiliated yet again. <laughs> humiliated just by a little sexy leather smile. Yeah. I mean, that's all it takes. Really, he's just very easily embarrassed. <laughs> so he has walked into the Orient Express restaurant mm-hmm. with his mom after checking out the local karate parlor. And uh, she's asking him how he's finding everything in the new city. You know? I hate it. I hate it. I want to go home. I hate everything. I hate this bike. I'll never meet anybody. Guess what? What? I'm going to be trained as a manager. Isn't that great? Yeah. Sure, Ma. We got this program. It's two nights a week. As soon as a spot opens up, you're Whatever, Ma. Benefits. I could never get them working in computers. They pay for everything. It's great, huh? Sorry, was she saying that she would not get uh, as good benefits if she were working in computers? No, uh, she was meaning back at home. Like at this new company, they're giving her all this, you know, advanced training for managers and computer training. And she wouldn't have gotten those benefits if she had stayed in employment where she was back home. Uh, Daniel. Nothing. Remember when you went to the country for the summer and you hated it because you had no friends? What happened? I hate a lot of things. I don't remember. I got poison ivy. You met Kevin and Kenny, who became your best friends in the whole world. You gotta give it a try. Hey, I know it's hard, but we're not quitters, are we? Guess not. What's with the uh, karate place? No, it sucks. Good. (laughs) Probably couldn't afford it anyway. I just noticed he has a glass of milk with his steak dinner. It's okay. (laughs) What a man. Just okay. To me, it looks like the whole world turned blonde. (laughs) You got your eye on anybody? Hey, hey. You eyeballing any ladies? Yeah. Cute. Ugly. I mean, she's beyond cute. But she's blonde, though, right? She better be blonde. Lucille, let's go. Here they come. So the way she was kind of pressing him right there, I just expected her to be like, oh, yeah, she blonde, right? Right? Is it natural? Uh, have you checked? Uh, how far have things gotten? <laughs> what kind of parent-child situation are you trying to... That's what I'm saying. She just seemed really involved. Is she leather and spice? <laughs> <laughs> have you leathered her? Have you spiced her up? Uh, that's my son. That's my boy. <sighs> co-caption for this episode leather and spice (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like someone really doesn't understand the spirit of christmas (laughs) it's the belschnickel way (laughs) leather and spice him up (laughs) is she uh is she as pretty as judy oh my she buries judy in a second she buries judy uh like she seems like she's getting excited. She's like, oh, man, oh, she sounds great. I think she's just trying to amp him up as to why they need to stay. She's really smart. She's really smart. How would he know that? They have spoken very briefly. I could see how smart she was by looking, you know, maybe that's why he was leering. It's more like he was like psychically connecting. and Psychically is, I, I think, is a, it's telepathetically. A, I, th- <laughs> I think that's a very euphemistic way of saying she was smart. You can't see, but uh, Zach is cupping his bazooms. <laughs> <laughs> My bazooms? <laughs> yeah, I think. Your, it- <laughs> uh, what do you call them? Yabos? <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. Yabos uh, from uh, Bewitched, Bewitched, Bewitched. Hang on. Bejeweled. Starts uh, with an H. Hocus Pocus. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Anyway, it he seems. He loves them. In fact, he can't stop talking about it. That was really creepy that this little girl was talking about Yabos so much. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it did seem like this was kind of a New Jersey slang for, uh, yeah, she's a. She's, a, she's got a quite she's a. She's a hot of, piece of meat. <laughs> Peter, I'm holding some hootas. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I don't think he could have known how smart she was yet. I don't know. I, she's beautiful. I'd say she's beautiful. I think she's beautiful. Objectively, you're else, right? <laughs> She's hot. Uh, okay, hot. okay. Something that didn't bother me until now with the headphones. Uh-huh. Open mouth chewer cruncher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs to, he you're needs to get You're a beast. Together. All right, so now he's riding his little bicycle. He's going over the... bicycle He's going, you know, around these little country hills in California. Uh-oh, this music indicates that the bad guys are on his trail. And the silhouettes of the kids on the yep. and so right, you would have heard them like a mile I would have thought so yeah <laughs> where did all these kids get motorcycles that's what I want to know they're the rich kids of the hills they're not even seniors yet are they motorcycles or dirt bikes uh, that one's a dirt bike either way I mean oh alright so he's taking a tumble down the hill to get a pail of water so they just did an attempted murder that's right Good, good kids, right? So he's the he's the bully, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ralph Macchio, not the kids that just try to murder him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, this this theory doesn't hold water in my estimation. <laughs> All right, so his mom has just parked. I suppose she has arrived home. Although this is a different perspective on the building that they live in. Uh, yeah, it's the parking garage area or the parking area. Yeah, and we see a little Mister Hero angry at his bicycle. Well, you got to blame someone for your situation. You can't be like, I'm a little weenie. You have to say, God, it's my bike. I hate this freaking bike. This stupid bike. Nothing, Mom. This bike was just bullying me. That's all. It's just this bike, okay? What do you want to hear, Mom? No, you don't want to hear the truth. All you want to hear is how great it is out here. Well, it may be great for you, but it sucks for me. I hate this place. I hate it. <laughs> and now he hates the wall. You know, the wall was very <clears throat> rude to him. I cannot help you unless you tell me what's wrong. I gotta take Look, you're not going to believe me. The bike, it's spiritual. It came alive. It bullied me. It pushed me down a hill. It doesn't solve anything. Oh, well, neither does palm trees, Ma. That's not fair. Yeah, well, like it was fair coming out here without asking me how I felt about it, right? That was really fair. You're right. I should have asked. Yeah, well, I oh, just want to see. Go- I missed that line on the last watch through because I was making fun of him so much. <laughs> I hate this wall. I hate this hair. I, mean, <laughs> I, was making- I hate this hanging plant. <laughs> <laughs> the stupid window. Oh, my hand's bleeding. I hate the stupid glass. I hate the blood. <laughs> <laughs> the stupid blood. You're getting everywhere. A oh, slip just <laughs> be positive, blood. <laughs> he slips on his blood. Oh, shit. <laughs> stupid asphalt. <laughs> oh, come on. There's so many built-in jokes here. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I was making fun of him in that vein. <laughs> so I, I missed all these lines. Home, that's it. I don't understand the rules. Yeah, yeah, I want to go home. You up and let's see if we can figure out the rules together, okay? What about your bike? Safer taking a bus. Why can't we just go home? <laughs> Safer taking a bus. I'm sorry. Why is he still blaming the bike for everything that's going on in his life? Oh, because he was riding his bike and therefore was able to be ambushed. Because when you're riding a bike, you stop hearing motor sounds. But by that logic, he should also blame the hill. 
because mm-hmm. it happened to him on a hill. So you shouldn't r- ride bikes or buses or anything else. Never be near a hill because that's where bad things happen. Yes. Gotcha. Bikes and hills. Bikes and hills. Wait, does he say? <laughs> I have in my notes that <laughs> at some point he says, I need to learn karate. Oh, that was earlier. That was okay. Yeah. I missed it again it's because like I was karate. making fun of him too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> it was before he punched the wall. And then he says, I don't know the rules here. So I cracked myself up so much while I was watching it the first time, <laughs> making these same jokes. <laughs> and, <laughs> I need to learn karate to defend myself against bikes. The bikes are, I mean. Anyway, so uh, that's all I have to say here. Moral of the story is this guy's a nut job. <laughs> 2942. So in this, I just really like Pat Morita and the way that they set up the Miyagi character and they're making him in this scene more warm and sage-like. And I just, I, there's something about his kind of dry sense of humor that I really respond to. Mm-hmm. But his sage-like wisdom is, I, I think, just, he's so charming. So one trivia that I read that I didn't write down is relevant here. So when he's trimming these little bonsai trees, mm-hmm. he actually, they did so many takes of him trimming the trees that they were in danger of going bald. So he had to start faking trimming them. Nothing exists, whole world, only tree. You got it? Open eye. Remember picture? Yeah. Make a record picture. So didn't he, wasn't he nominated for an Oscar for this movie? Just to trust the pizza. Uh, that I did not. How do I know if my picture's I think he was. If come from inside you, always right on. I just love that line, and that's where I, I would end this scene. Is if from inside you, always right on. But I just, I thought that scene was kind of pretty. I, I don't know. Like, I just... I liked the buildup of the softer side of Miyagi. Indeed so. I, it, was a, it was a lovely little scene. So Pat, Marita, and Ralph Macchio in a scene from The Karate Kid, blah, 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 where the California native even nabbed an Oscar nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Hi, 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 hi. Oh, I was doing like a blue 42. <laughs> I was doing, they using height for everything. I little about football. <laughs> But the, the fact that they use the, the uh, noise, heart. well, it's kind of like in uh, when I used to be in ROTC. Um, you were a ROTC kid? I was. They How did you not know that? I don't think we've ever talked about you being a ROTC kid. <laughs> weird. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> Isn't that weird? I'm from Poland. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, when, uh, when I was in... <laughs> I'm from Poland. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yes, it is. It's very odd. <laughs> anyway. I haven't thought about that in so long. <laughs> Sorry. I just, I, I remember the isn't that weird part, but I forgot about the Polish part. <laughs> anyway, how was I talking about? Razzi. Yes. When we would do drill, I was I did drill and exhibition. So the flipping of the rifles and all that stuff, I was very good at that. How many times did you hit yourself in the eye? In the eye? I don't think I... Maybe I hit myself in the head once. But I don't think I ever hit myself in the eye. More often than not, I would, when I was practicing, I would drop it. But I don't think I hurt myself. So, but I did create a new trick. Mm-hmm. I called it the wrist breaker. <laughs> that sounds uh, formidable. Yeah, so we had a bunch of different tricks where we'd like... We'd fling it and then catch it in this configuration. We'd fling it back, catch it in that configuration. And I feel like we did one like 
around the shoulder and it would come up. Mm-hmm. But I did one where it was entirely in one wrist and you'd have to flip it around with one hand like that. I called it the wrist breaker because it really hurt. Hmm. But it was it was fun. Anyway, but when we would do just regular drill, which was just marching in formation, depending on who was the, the drill sergeant or you know whoever was giving us our commands, you're supposed to say left, 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 right, left, and that sort of thing, and give someone a cadence. But it right, but it, people say it so often that it just becomes effed, <laughs> effed and it and stuff and stuff like that. So they just kind of say noises mm. at that point, which is basically hike. When you said you invented a ROTC gun flipping move, it reminded me my friend Becky, who did acrobatic kind of exhibitions and things. They actually created a hold called the Billy, and that's something that is now widely used in different gymnastics exhibitions. That's pretty impressive looking. Yep. Why the Billy? I don't know. Well, Becky has told me the story, and she's here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Becky. What's Becky's last name? Jeremiah. (laughs) All right. So in this timestamp, we've got Mr. Hero. He's gone to the school dance dressed like a shower. (laughs) Like a shower. Oh, gosh. What (laughs) is happening right now? I can't believe he would think that this is a good idea yeah i don't know what's happening i don't know he's dressed like a shower yeah who why would he why was he allowed in dressed like that he's taking up too much space (laughs) i don't think that you know there was a capacity issue at the gym no but come on in my school if i'd walked in like that they'd be like nah take it off take it off right now and then you can walk in you know, they were probably would approve of it. There's because, like a stupidity threshold. Well, no. So the only thresholds that we were ever given in high school for costumes that we were allowed to wear is one, it could not be violent and you couldn't have a full face mask and you couldn't have a weapon. Oh, that's basically a full body mask. Yeah, but like it's not a rubber mask and you could just open the curtains. Yeah, but you don't know that he might not have a gun under there. So anyway, he's gone dressed as a shower. Uh huh. It represents rebirth. Sure. And like, why wouldn't everybody make fun of him? Because he got the girl. So where have you been hiding? Well, I haven't been hiding. No, I haven't seen you. You are literally hiding. There's a veil around you. Yeah, you know, frankly, I'm tempted to make this like my kind of thing apparatus to wear in public. Like, give me eye slots so he can see where I'm going. But no one's gonna bother me in my shower. It's good COVID protection, no doubt. But around. Have you been looking? Have you been looking for me? Sorta. Well, you like me or something? Stupid. Why? Well, because of what I said last time I saw you. Oh no, I've been thinking a lot about that. No, I know, but I should really just learn to mind my own business. No, I think you're right about facing things head on. I mean, I feel the same way. I think you're right about facing things head on, says the guy dressed as a shower. Dressed as a metaphor for not facing your problems. Yeah. Just kind of forgot for a while. Thanks for reminding me. You're welcome. <laughs> what, kind of, he- what kind of person is she who will walk into his shower <laughs> on the, in the middle of a dance floor? Walking to his shower sounds so much worse than it is. No, it doesn't. It sounds exactly as bad as it is. Uh, no, it's not like a home shower. He's not like naked in his shower. That would be more reasonable. That for would, him to be naked, a naked high in a, in a shower. Yeah, that's that's reasonable. And for her to walk in, they're dating. Sure, why not? But they're in the middle of a dance floor, and he has brought a shower. 
and she walks in as if it's fine. It's not fine. He brought a shower to a dance. And for that, shunned. Yes. Honestly, he should be shunned. Yeah. He should be thrown in prison. (laughs) What is going on? How are people not freaking out about this? Well, he gets his. Sure does. But he deserves it for a different reason. (laughs) Thinks he can do whatever he wants to people. Who? Johnny. I'd love to see him get a dose of his own medicine. Well, you know, it goes around, comes around. Oh, yeah, very wise. Yeah, me too. So you want to go outside? Anyway. She wants to go have a shower outside with him. (laughs) All right, so we've got a chicken throwing stuff at folks. So anyway, he goes into the bathroom and notices that uh, Blonde Bully is in one of the stalls rolling himself a doobie. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So for this... Being anti-drugs, he had to stop it. That's right. So he gets a little hose, connects it to the sink... And spritzes him with water. Now, I think it's an overreaction to get your gang of fellas to go cripple him. But <laughs> still. Well, that's wh- just how you and I differ. Oh, okay. So you think crippling someone for spritzing you with water is I mean, that reasonable. was his righteous bud. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Although I will say that most of the marijuana smokers I know are a lot more mellow than <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Weed will usually even you out a hey, little bit. Hey, if you've... Man, what, what? Why are you spritzing me with water? Why are you harsh in my mellow, man? Right. Well, I feel like you're getting all of your prejudices from oh, movies. I was, I was just doing an 80s yeah. marijuana smoker stereotype. Hey, like, I, man. I, I, I would never think that my actual friends who smoke marijuana are would, like say, would say, hey, man. <laughs> they may say, hey, man, but it wouldn't be like always like this prolonged, hey, like, man. hey, man. Yeah. So anyway, he spritzes him with water. And he runs out and runs by his lady love, Natural Blonde, as we've established. Natural Blonde, her name. So he runs by Natural Blonde and says, it came around, indicating that he's gotten revenge on the, the blonde bully. Yeah. First of all, ha- has he? First of all, has he gotten revenge on him? He spritzed him with a little bit of water, which sure, it's a little annoying, but that's not real recompense for having pushed him around and beaten him up at, at the beach and then pushed him down a hill and almost murdered him. It's not really sufficient payback however so how much money was wasted possibly on the joint that was ruined with the the water i don't know probably not that much money i'm not a weed person i'm not a weedist i'm not a weeder (laughs) you're not an herbalist i'm not a potty mouth (laughs) potty mouth i like that (laughs) (laughs) now why didn't they ever use that as like an anti-drug slogan don't be a potty (laughs) (laughs) they really should have that would have been fantastic (laughs) everybody would have stopped smoking immediately i don't want to be a potty mouth hey kids do you like being a potty mouth? <laughs> <laughs> no. Say no. Don't be a potty mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not as uh, zesty as just say no. Yeah. It's you have to say don't don't be a potty mouth. Don't. If you associate the activity <laughs> with potties, people are <laughs> just, you make it sound so silly. I don't want to smoke weed. <laughs> huh, must be something all these silly people do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, So my point is, I don't know exactly how much that cost, but probably not that much. Anyway, he didn't really get revenge. Now, this guy's overzealous payback for the non-payback of squirting him with water is to go and cripple him. But he runs by his uh, natural blonde and says, it's come around. It it hasn't really come around because he's only spritzed him with a bit of water. But he's also ruined his evening with his natural blonde. His, his new crush. He's, yep. He can't now dance with her. He's ruined the evening for himself on multiple levels and for her. Yeah, she, she even invited him to leave the dance with her. Like, that could have been a big night for him. I know. What is this guy's problem? 
<laughs> he is just ruining everything for no good reason at all, just so he can get crippled later. And also earlier, uh, she was like, hey, you want to go to the arcade? I want to show you this fancy little arcade game. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And then he sees Johnny over there, uh, blonde bully, and he's like, nah, go away. Mind your own business. It's like, why, why are you doing this? Why are you sabotaging yourself? Yeah, he's sabotaging himself and everybody else. I don't say he's the bully. He's just a moron. So my timestamp, it kind of bleeds out from this one. Basically, when Johnny does approach him, he says something along the lines of, you couldn't just leave me alone. You just, you know, I was over this. You you couldn't leave well enough alone. <laughs> I was over it. I just <laughs> tried to push you down a mountain. Now, now I'm over it. Well, no, that was like. Like, I honestly, I, I don't, I, I am sympathetic to uh, Mr. Hero getting revenge. Or telling somebody, telling the authorities, I, or getting revenge. Honestly, that's fine. He pushed him down a mountain mm -hmm. and beat him up on a beach. I think it's justified for him looking for revenge. Yeah. But do it better. Yeah. But him saying, I was over it. Well, you didn't have much to get over. I mean, you you, try, you pushed him down a mountain. Yeah. But, uh, it's easy what, for you to get over. Whatever atrocity you cast at me, <laughs> I was done. But you ruined my skeleton face paint. Was his face paint smudged? No. Okay. <laughs> so not even that was ruined. But he thought it was. Okay. Okay. I'm not as perfect looking as I thought I did a minute ago. Yeah, but you still smell nice. <laughs> In fact, you smell freshly washed. <laughs> freshly leathered. Yeah. Freshly leathered and spiced. <laughs> the spice is an important part of that equation. <laughs> yes, exactly. And he who controls the spice controls me, apparently. Yes, indeed. <laughs> controls Allison. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Melanie, back me up. I know you feel the same <laughs> way I do about the experience. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. So, uh, anyway, that's all I had to say about this. And you said this is now bleeding into your timestamp, which mm -hmm. was... 4008. So, Johnny caught up with him after he gets doused at the school dance and so is it's, it's reacting. A, it's the crippling. We're about yeah. to witness the crippling. The crippling. <laughs> All right, Johnny, oh, he's had enough. Could you little twerp? No, you had to push it. Well, now you're going to pay. So something interesting. Um, that looked like it made contact. Shut up, mommy. Look at it, Dutch. You can't even stand up. So what? That don't mean squat. That don't mean squat. He's had enough. Other side, but he's had enough, man. What is wrong with you, Johnny? The enemy deserves no mercy. Right, right, right. Why is he your enemy? Crazy, he spritzed you with some water and stopped you from bullying a lady on the beach. So. Or tried to stop. It's anyway. just the mantra that the. Yeah, the, their sensei has. has yeah. Woo! Got him in his <laughs> testa clamps. Right in the berries. Hey. You just got easily taken out by a senior citizen. I know. He has an AARP card and handed you your ass. Dude is 5'3", overweight, and at least 60 years old. <laughs> and apparently also a little bit of a lush. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a lush. <laughs> but we love him. We love him. So... I'm not as much a weeaboo as other people are. It's not an offensive term. To white people who like, like Japanese, Japanese stuff too much and are not as well educated as they could be. Yeah. That's what it refers to. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure the origin of it. But I don't remember what san means. Is that just, is that a kind of a familiar term for a man? 
Yeah, it, well... Not, it's supposed not, to attach to the end of their name, I know. Yeah, it, it's supposed to add a familiarity to that person's name. It's like a, a recognition that I know you. But it's not like a level of respect. No, uh, that's uh, senpai and... Uh, right, okay. Sensei. Right. Bow to your sensei. No. So daniel son, he's like, little Daniel, little friendly Daniel that I know. Little Mr. Hero over here. So that that was all I had for this timestamp. All right, Spider Man carries him away. I actually didn't feel like I had that many timestamps this time around, compared to other movies. I was a little lighter on my stamping. Yeah, I feel like I was light on it happened one night. Too much uh, wife of or lady abuse to. It's like I don't really need to talk about it again. Well, this time Maybe, he slapped her ass, so it was a little different. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean for that movie, it was kind of like there weren't a lot of plot points. It was just. You know, events happening to them, but it meant kind of the same thing, just hurdles for them to overcome. All right, so for this timestamp, we've got Mr. Miyagi, or Miyagi, as little Mr. Hero would like to say, who has decided to train his young Padawan, Mr. Hero, and they drive to the town's karate parlor together. Not parlor as in the uh, the alt-right Trump supporters' haven for committing treason. When you say karate parlor like that, I don't, I, I've always heard it called like a dojo or a fight studio, but I've never mm-hmm. heard it called a parlor. I haven't either. I just thought it sounds funny. Okay. So we were playing D&D the other night and we entered into a kitchen, but for some reason the word kitchen didn't make sense to me in the type of environment we were because we're in this like vampiric castle. And so I <laughs> called it the food room. <laughs> <laughs> the mess hall. <laughs> well, it's, mess hall even would have been better because, like, it the was like room. the food room. Like, it's, I, it's very German. It's saying the the type of room that it is and the word room after it. <laughs> the poo poo room. <laughs> so in the food room, and so like in my head, I was thinking, okay, like a larder, but for larder just wouldn't come to me kitchen wouldn't come to me cabinet like none of the normal words they would be like. Let's go look in the food room. And they're like, my friends just gotta stop and look at me like. What? Is it like a museum for food? <laughs> like, what the hell is a food room? <laughs> you know where the food is. A kitchen? Yeah, I joined them in their uh, confusion. <laughs> and then the revelry. <laughs> and then the revelry. <laughs> anyway, all right. So here we're getting a little taste of uh, Mr. Sensei, angry old he is Sensei. so into it. Oh my God. Dutch. He looks like he's having a fit. Yeah, and it looks he's like struggling. he's shouting at his fit. <laughs> he's shouting the fit out yeah. of him. It's going to propel. Shout you to <laughs> and this guy is stoned. Oh, that's that's good guy tries to t- tone things down. I know, but doesn't it look like he's just taking a big heaping dose of smack? Oh, maybe he dried out Johnny's watered down doobage. <laughs> yeah, he took his watery doob. <laughs> That's a weird sentence. We know how weed works. <laughs> Took his watery doob. <laughs> Maybe he this, turned it into some like brownie snack. <laughs> this does look like somebody who's under the influence of a watery doob. <laughs> anyway. All right. So uh, we've got angry old sensei here and he's shouting at this guy having a little emotional attack here. Good old crease. Eich means punch now. It meant stand up earlier, but... in time for christmas we have a karate championship so here's the logo i think you were looking at maybe the e was this fist in your mind oh yeah that's exactly what it is okay how many karate dojos are in the valley 
Because if this is just for Valley residents. I'm picking on the weakest kid because it makes me feel more manly. (laughs) I like that he trips him over and then pretend punches him in the face. What was the point of that? Next time it's going to be real. Yeah, it's it's just I'm going to be threatening to you. So question. Had the kid seen him coming deflected or defended or anything like that, do you think he would have hit him harder? Yeah, would he have been in trouble or would he have been pleased by his self-defense? Because part of me would be like, you're not following orders. Double hit. Well, flinching. you know, but his philosophy is the best defense or like this uh, karate is a uh, philosophy of defense and the best defense is strike first and strike hard. Right. Mm-hmm. So he would. No mercy. So really, this kid should have hit him first. Yeah. OK. And that would Follow have been the dojo rules. That would have been the best defense. So, so really, so- whenever he walks by you, you should punch him. <laughs> That's the philosophy. Sorry, there's a, an episode of The Simpsons where Lisa's walking around like this with like kind of helicopter arms. She's like, if you walk into my fist, it's your own fault. Has <laughs> she been studying the way of the windmill? Well, I, I just imagine strike first, people in this school just kind of walk around in that same way, just like at a constant circular punch. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone gets close to me, they're going to meet my fist. <laughs> Sorry, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Grandma. <laughs> anyway, all right, so he uh, slaps this kid on his back. Your dead meat. Your yes, dead sensei. meat. What? Yes, Sensei. <laughs> He's like, how is this anything to do with karate? Like, yes, sensei. What? Yes, sensei. I'm sorry. Like, he's just being a bully. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. He gets his yayas from it. Get up. Get up, you stupid. You smell like ass. push-ups on your knuckles. On your knuckles. Is that a way to do a push-up? It is, actually, yeah. You it get you, really painful. No, you get a deeper push-up if you do it that way. That's a, I don't know why he said that in a weird way. That's a legitimate way to do a push-up. See, I just feel like the on-the-knuckles thing would be like toe shoes. You know, you're just putting more weight on like a joint that's not... And actually, honestly, I you may remember, I, there was a period last year during the summer where I was doing like 500 push-ups a day. Mm-hmm. And honestly, my wrists would hurt more if I were doing them with just the open hand on the floor. They would feel much better if I did them with my fist like this. Anyway, so so he's on his knuckles. So I will say it would be uncomfortable if you were doing it like on a wood floor. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is he's mat. He's on a tatami mat. Yeah, it looks like a mat. So he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. He's just been a little <laughs> abused, but he's fine. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and he also said I to get them to go into a circle. Mm-hmm. Square. If, if, if you like. So... <laughs> <laughs> I know my shapes. <laughs> Damn it, she's finding me out. What the hell's the difference between a circle and a it's square? It's an octagon. <laughs> pentagon, triangle, whatever they're doing over here. It's flipping trapezoid. So <laughs> it's a rhombus. dodecahedron. <laughs> anyway, so he said Eich to get them to go into a square. Mm-hmm. And this it's just proving the elasticity of this word. I don't know that I would want to be one of the kids that is on the outside of this square during a fight because I feel like I'm just going to get accidentally kicked in the face a lot today. Oh, yes. (laughs) All right. They're bowing to each other. On guard. And he says on guard, which is French and used in fencing. Mm -hmm. Why on the planet Earth is he saying on guard in a karate class? Is that I I don't know enough about karate to know if they certainly not French. Would you prefer him to go eight again? Yes, honestly, I would. <laughs> that would make much more sense than on guard. So the only Cobra Kai person of color is right here. Do you recognize him from Revenge of the Nerds? I have not seen Revenge of the Nerds. Never mind. So no. <laughs> Ice! Ice! 
Aich means begin fighting. After the French. It felt like I heard his head connect with the ground. Probably did. I feel like these kids are one hit and then they're just like out. Like, look, <laughs> like look how he's suffering. He got a big old gut shot. We do not train to be merciful here. Mercy is for the weak. Here on the street in competition. A man confronts you, he... Here on the street. Yeah. ...the enemy. An enemy deserves no mercy. What is the problem, Mr. Lawrence? There's a guy over there. He just came in. He's watching us. Hey, come on. Let's forget this. Wait. Not yet. Class, we have visitors. Fall in behind me. Aight! Let's be intimidating. <laughs> Fall in behind me. Aight! Which, as we all know, means get behind me. It means anything you wanted to. It's not purpose. I hear you work. jumped some of my students last night. Afraid the facts mixed up. You calling Mr. Lawrence a liar? Oh yes. No call no one nothing. What are you here for, old man? Come ask leave boy alone. What's the matter? The boy can't take care of his own problems. One to one problem, yes. Five to one problem. Too much ask anyone. Is that what's bothering you? Well, we can fix that. You like matching, Mr. Lawrence? Yes, Sensei! Uh, no more fighting. This is a karate dojo, not a knitting class. You don't come in my dojo and drop a challenge and leave, old man. <laughs> I like that there are rules for grown adults walking into a, a business mm -hmm. like this on the side of the road. If they walk in, if you make a challenge, you're not allowed to leave until you do it. Okay, call the cops. <laughs> yeah. Now you get your boy in the matter, you and I will have a major problem. Too much advantage. Your dojo. Name a place. Tournament. <laughs> You've got real nerve, old man. Real nerve. But I think we can accommodate you. Can't we, Mr. Lawrence? Yes, Sensei. Fall in. Fall in is a military thing. Well, he is Ask military. One more yeah. small request. Make it fast. All right, here's... Ask leave boy alone to train. You're a pushy little bastard, ain't you? But I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right. No one touches the prima donna until the tournament. Is that understood? Yes, Sensei! Which honestly just seems like convenient writing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like... <laughs> don't, don't kill him before the tournament, please. You don't show yeah. And it's open season. And him. And you. All right, so if if you don't show, it's open season on him and you. Basically saying that I'm issuing a warrant for you to uh, cripple this kid and this old man. Mm -hmm. If you don't come to my pre-selected fight arena. What kind of psychopath is this guy? <laughs> oh, Oh, you have no idea. Wait, if if you end up watching the rest of the Karate Kid series and then Cobra Kai, I just, I would love for your opinions. So you're not assigning me the, the sequels? Well. Certainly, I know it's not coming next. But. Yeah, they could be on the list eventually. They're not high on my priority list of things to show you. I have a very robust list of things we need to get to. It's true, but you made room for Indiana Jones too, so I feel but like I there could be an argument three. for anything. I had to get you to three. You could have skipped two. And I would have thanked you in my heart. <laughs> but you wouldn't have known, and you're a completionist like me, so you would have eventually gotten back to it. Why didn't you warn me? I know. 
I mean, you watched. But my heart hurts now. You watched foreign provoked. It's true, but I the completionist spirit in me needed to do it. But it was much better than two, so I'm not <laughs> I'm not sad that I did. You watched all of the Hobbits, didn't you? Barely. I didn't see them in theater. I saw the first one in theater, and that was enough. Me I, too. I, I didn't watch. Any. I didn't watch the other two in the theater. You're like, I'm good. Yeah. I good. when they came on HBO and I could see them for free, I watched them there. All right. I just want you to see if you can find the Yodaism in what is said. Man, that teacher was really wacko. You really think I'm going to beat that guy? Uh, no matter. Wacko teacher attitude, rest in feast. Do or do not. There is no try. Well, yeah, that, that when we got to the road analogy, that's where I was. <laughs> Stupid, but fact of life. Yeah, basically. Win, lose, no matter. You make good fight and respect. Then nobody bother. Hell, they'll bury me where I fall. <laughs> Either way, problem solved. I just love it. Either way. Yeah. yeah. No, I, either honestly. Either work or you'll be dead. Either way. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of making up kind of pseudo-Eastern spiritual answers yeah for for things he's his problems and things like that but honestly i thought that was kind of nice i mean whether you win or lose the problem is kind of resolved in a way so you're either looking cool or dead (laughs) (laughs) which is an eddie izzard quote again (laughs) when he kicks the brick (laughs) (laughs) this whole scene honestly was pretty funny i'm sorry if you're trying to make a good impression on her parents you're not like (laughs) don't kick bricks yeah don't don't kick bricks yeah Gen- <laughs> General wisdom for if you're trying to impress somebody's parents, don't kick bricks. Hi, I'm Muffy. This is Bitsy, and we're wealthy, wealthy people. <laughs> yes. And mumble, mumble, she shuffle, shuffle. Mumble, mumble. <laughs> I was kind of taken in by this guy's ascot. <laughs> you, you like a nice pert ascot? I love it when a man's got a rock solid ascot. <laughs> This is Daniel Russo and spice. <laughs> this man looks leathered in spice, let's be honest. Daniel? Daniel? Hello, Daniel. Nice to meet you. Where are you going, honey? Oh, oh yeah, I didn't set the scene up, I don't think. No. Uh, so <laughs> I just kind of went right into We started talking about kicking bricks. So I, I got carried away. Anyway, this scene is. One can get a little too carried away kicking bricks. Yes, indeed. Talking about it, even. Mr. Hero has gone to pick up Natural Blonde Crush from her house. There you go. There's your In setup. the hills. So it's clearly a tense household. I don't know. Where are we going? I don't know. Wherever you want to go. Golf and stuff? Hi, I guess we're going to golf and stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> when, if someone bricks. told me, and don't I wasn't in the area, that. golf and stuff, I, I would think, like, I don't know, like, um, golf laser in the front? tag and stuff. Like, you know, I wouldn't think it was the name of the establishment. I would have thought it was just like, I don't know, do you want to go play putt-putt or something? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or something. Is the, I thought you were going to have that fixed. I am. I was. I will. You uh, live in Encino, Dave? So I thought that was a kind of a weird thing. That's a character moment where she's like, I, I can, I have, I will, I do, I have, I live, or whatever. You know, she said a bunch of stuttery things, in kind of implying that she's intimidated by her husband. It's that ascot, man. Which kind of is thematically mirrored with her having dated Johnny, who mm-hmm. was seemingly kind of like that as well. If you're about to tell me that women date their fathers, I'm going to divorce Mark right now. You did marry your father's name. Name only, <laughs> I assure you. Well, we'll see about that. No, that's not where actually where I was going with that, but... Uh, but now that we're here, I will... <laughs> but yes, yeah, so you brought it up, so clearly something's on your mind. Uh, okay, Sigmund. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to lie down? No, as we'll we know, the through, photographs don't work out. We'll work through these problems. <laughs> now, Sigmund Freud did other weird things with his uh, female patients, no. yeah. So, what can you tell me about your preference for your cup shape? <laughs> well, he also, didn't he have, like, vibrator treatments? 
Well, that was actually a common treatment for women's delirium. Yeah, so the whole use of medicinal vibrators (laughs) was trying to relieve women of their delirium symptoms. So it was an experimental release of uh, energy and emotions. But really, you know, allowing us to read and having stuff to do helped a little. Not that, you know, sexual health isn't also important, but... It's weird for a doctor to manipulate it. <laughs> to administer. Yeah. Like, give you a home device. Sure. <laughs> exactly. This is an outpatient procedure. <laughs> an outpatient procedure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he's kicked the brick. And uh, <laughs> the, anyway, so yeah, the, the, we all started this. I don't know why we got on that. But the wife <laughs> clearly not. has a, uh, no, the, the wife has a character moment where she seems intimidated by the husband. Who is perhaps like Mr. Lawrence. But we didn't follow that up anywhere. This The the writing of this movie seems like a lot of loose ends. Yeah. Like it spins up a lot of plates and then doesn't follow up on it. Yeah. Anyway, so that was kind of created and we never find out more about their marriage. And he never really intimidates you know her. Encino? No. Where do you live? Um, out in like uh, Reseda, you know. Oh my God, he lives in the garbage and by that's the time. your mother. Yeah, yeah, that's her. Oh, my no, God, she's in a garbage car. She's uh, waiting for us now. We better get going. It's nice to meet you. Not too late, sweetheart. Okay, Dad. <laughs> I can't believe it. Our daughter's dating a garbage man. Hi, From Jersey. Hi, Allie. So when they were uh, <laughs> setting up kind of the rich parents and coming into this kind of garbage car, mm-hmm. I, really, <laughs> I really expected the door not to open. Like she was going to go clink, clink, clink. And the door wouldn't come off the hinge. Yeah, or something like that. I was expecting it to completely fall apart. But then the engine didn't start. And I was like, all right, there you go. Lucille. Okay. That's a beautiful house you have. Oh, thanks. Whenever someone has said that about my parents' house to me, I'm always like, yeah, thanks. I built it myself. Well done. Uh, anyway, so this whole scene, honestly, the first time I watched it really cracked me up. I was just laughing. I knew that it was going to be a class thing the moment I saw his ascot. Like, I just knew that he was going to be upset that, oh, they're from the other side of town. Perish the thought. I bet they don't even have two butlers. Mm. Bet they only have one. At most. Poor people. I swear they're stupider than the rest of us. They just haven't thought about they just haven't thought about hiring the extra butler. And they could clearly use a mechanic. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this whole thing where the car wasn't working and they had to get out and push it. You're a plumber. What on earth is that? <laughs> <laughs> Great Eddie Izzardism. <laughs> You're a plumber. What on earth is that? Anyway, so they go out and push Don't and then worry, they have to pop the clutch. Sure. <laughs> and she smiles, a big smile, doesn't know she's being looked down on, or doesn't care. You know, that was a dangerous move to do on a hill. That car could have just <laughs> rolled right away. So I'd like to say that we have right here established that natural blonde knows how to drive and knows how to drive stick. Mm-hmm. This is relevant for later in the movie. Okay. I'll hold on to it. All right. So here we are. And I may have missed. I don't actually know what this event is. 
Oh, she was just having dinner with her parents at the country club. Isn't there a dance happening here? I think country clubs just kind of have that set up where there, there's dancing and drinks. And see, you would know more about this world than I would. I was. I grew up on. I grew up on the other side of town. My sister worked at a country club. We never went to one. Ah, so you guys were the help. My my sister. I never worked at the country club. I just find it hard to believe that you never went to a country club. No. The only time I did was we had our prom at one. Like we rented a golf club. But That's pretty ritzy. Yeah, but it was, you know, one night only. Well, I didn't expect you to spend a summer there. <laughs> a summer at the country club. <laughs> it was my summer at the country club. And boy, was it eventful. <laughs> anyway, so the natural blonde is dancing with daddy at some function or other at this country club. Trouble with Johnny? You two lovebirds having problems? Mm, trouble with Johnny. Why is he still asking about Johnny? She's already, he's seen her dating somebody else. Yeah, but he prefers Johnny. Right, but he knows that she's not with him anymore. Yeah, but Johnny's better. Right, but he knows that she, she's not dating him. Yeah, so her asking, feelings don't matter, though. Asking if there's trouble is like asking if there's trouble with me and a clerk at the grocery store. Is there trouble with you and the clerk at the grocery store? We've got nothing to do with each other. Yeah, but are you still dating? <sighs> there, there's no trouble between us because we're not associated. Sure, we used to. We were going steady for a while. But uh, <laughs> it's over. All right, Daddy, it's finished. Yeah, but I'm Daddy, so it's not finished until I say it's finished. And I say, trouble in paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Look. I don't mean dad. to I look dad. <laughs> I don't mean to question your judgments or where you buy these ascots, but he's wearing a tie this time. He's got an ascot under there. <laughs> I keep one under here just for this occasion. <laughs> he's like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> just in case a really posh thing happens. Uh, he has to tear his shirt away. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> now when he wears the red one, it's only to solve crimes and mysteries. Oh. <laughs> no, but they're they're really posh mysteries. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There is a niche in the market for a really <laughs> a really posh Superman who comes in to solve really posh mysteries. That would be uh, or, the uh, Phantom. Batman. The Phantom? Is there such a person already? <laughs> well, it's it's a Billy Zane superhero movie. It's based on a comic book, but yeah, he would be that kind of ritzy superhero. It's a terrible movie. Terribly entertaining. Bob. All right. I'm sure it's Rift. <laughs> <laughs> if it is, I shall watch it. Okay, uh, 126.56. Just a warning, the scene does make me cry. Oh, it boy. gets into the backstory of Mr. Miyagi, and it alludes, it, it doesn't allude, it tells you, um, about a horrible part of American history with the Japanese internment camps. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's just, it's something that I, I don't, I can't think of being discussed in a lot of movies before this one. It, it's not something that is still discussed in a lot of i'll say popular media it, it's you know that kind of sad dark part of our own history and so mr miyagi is getting drunk and says that it's his anniversary and we get to hear more of his story so it is pretty incredible that we've got so many movies about world war ii so many movies about american slavery and just uh explorations of our dark past mm -hmm. uh, our nation's dark past but nothing, almost nothing. I can't think of anything for internment camps. Yeah, it's because, it, I mean, and we even talk about, you know, our mistreatment of Native Americans and the Trail of Tears in film. 
we really don't acknowledge that we had internment camps. And I, I think some Japanese Americans try to put a light to that suffering, like um, George Takai. He made a whole musical about it or performed in a whole musical about it. And it, his life had to do with those internment camps. Mike, Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park has a, another group called Fort Minor. And they've got a song called Kenji. And it's all about his, I think, grandparents being in an internment camp. Yeah. So and it was actually that internment camp that he talks, that Mr. Miyagi talks about. I think it's called Manzanar. Mm-hmm. Something like that's the same place. So this song is Backstreet Life, or based on it, I guess. So apparently the studio wanted to take this scene out. But the director fought for it to stay in. I think it's important. I'm glad that they did. Oh, certainly. If only for a character moment, it makes his character more well-rounded. Banzai! 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 Close enough. It's important to note that Miyagi is wearing a <laughs> Japan, uh, an American military uniform. Wow. <coughs> we celebrate here. Anniversary. Whose anniversary? <coughs> is this your wife? I don't know you were married. Uh, damn beautiful, don't you think? Yeah, she's pretty. Oh, first time I saw her was Kingfield, Hawaii. Beautiful. Dangu Kinkara, too. Where is she now? Ah, drink, drink. Complication, but no doctor come. Ah, under free, almost free. No doctor come. 
Daniel is moving to Miyagi to his bed, who's fallen asleep drunk. He had unfurled a newspaper that talked about moving Japanese to the internment camps. We regret to inform you that on November 2nd, 1944, at the Manzanar Relocation Center, your wife and newborn son died due to complications arising from childbirth. Daniel is reaching into a box of treasures where he unearths a bonsai knitted fabric and he unearths a medal of honor awarded to distinguished members of the armed forces who have committed acts of valor. I just thought this was a really touching scene that really brought depth to our characters and made us care about them and love them even more. And to hear you say that they wanted to cut it out probably because of the internment camp portion of it, it just, that makes me sad. Well, from what I read, the, the reasoning for wanting to take it out was... People like it, me who cry? Yeah, it brought down the mood. Yeah. But then and it, it takes you right back up and with an 80s down. montage. Montage! Montage! Girl of a 1980s montage! <laughs> montage! So actually, I was kind of upset that the montages were not montage enough. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, what do we got here? What do we got here? We've got Mr. Hero. He's gone up to uh, Natural Blonde. and I love that that's her name. <laughs> and Because uh, she clearly at least has highlights. You don't think those highlights are natural? No. Did I ever tell you my grandmother, my Oma on my mom's side, mm-hmm. used to think I was lying when I told her that I wasn't dyeing my hair? She was like, your, your, your hair has like these highlights and stuff like that. There's no way that's natural. I was like, I haven't dyed my hair. I don't know what to tell you. Now, in her case, there's some scenes where it's more apparent. There's definitely clearly streaked hair where they painted on the highlight. Oh, okay. As someone who gets highlights, I recognize it. Game recognized game, Elizabeth Shue. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> anyway, so he's tr- he's trying to convince her that he's a good guy. Golf and stuff. Yep, and oh, they're already smooching. See, me, I would have called it water slides and stuff because that's much more interesting. I like how her girlfriends there just like randomly accosted. She always was nice to you. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I got something to show you. What? Ew. All right. So. Sorry, I was about to make a bad joke. So was I. (laughs) (laughs) I saw myself like, no, no, Allison, we're above this. (laughs) I've got something to show you. Whoa, whoa, slow down there, slugger. (laughs) Can we go out to dinner first? Third date, third date. (laughs) (laughs) What would my father's ascot say? (laughs) My father's ascot would have a lot to say about this. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so he's he's convinced her that he's a jerk and therefore worthy of forgiveness. I think we missed that moment. So am I forgiven? (laughs) He says, I'm a jerk. She says, you are a jerk. And he says, so am I forgiven? Have you done something to prove you're not jerky? (laughs) No, he says he is a jerk. Not I was a jerk. Or I want to get better from being a jerk. (laughs) He says, I am a jerk, 
live with it. Am I forgiven? And she says, well, you're self-aware and I kind of dig that. (laughs) (laughs) My father's ascot taught me to love guys that are jerks to me. (laughs) I respect it. So he brings her over to his little car. Mm-hmm. That right. Mr. Miyagi gave him out of the kindness of his little heart. You want me to drive? Hey, it's the 80s. You want me to drive? Hey, it's the 80s. I'm a modern guy. <laughs> Women are allowed. You're not going to be shot on sight now. Put the key in there and press the button. She knows how to drive. Incredible. Yeah, all right. Now press yeah. the clutch. Now press the clutch. She knows how to drive. And she knows how to drive stick. We've already established this. Why are you trying to mansplain it to her? I would never do it. Neither should he. So let's go. Let's go on to the next scene. Let's uh, let's. Go, I think we should go to the next scene. On a reference, like you know, earlier though. Yeah, but the the next scene is probably where we need to be. We've uh, we've gone on here long enough. I think history will be on my so, side. So uh, one fifty seven <laughs> is my next timestamp. What about you? what about yours? One fifty nine forty five. So I think ours will align. So I said this off air, but I want to say it again just for the listeners. Mm-hmm. I met Ralph Macchio yeah. at a con, a local con. Awesome. It was pretty good, but uh, <laughs> anyway, so I... <laughs> awesome con? Yeah, it was there. So uh, anyway. We're so not I, sponsored. I met the fella and he was he was jovial enough, but I think I insulted him because I said, I love your work. You are great on psych. <laughs> You know, I think he probably appreciated that someone recognized that he's done more than just this role. Possibly. Possibly. He laughed at me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Did he laugh at you or with you? I don't know. It felt, uh, it felt recriminating. Could you describe the laugh? It felt recriminating. Okay. He was, <laughs> you dummy. It was something kind of like that. Or at least was that's how it felt. <laughs> that's how it felt. For, yes, he was. He was. But I didn't know what it meant yet. <laughs> Anyway, oh, I also met, uh, I don't know why this has become Zachary meets Celebrity Hour, but I also met... um, I did it earlier with William Sapka. uh, Mary Poppins. Blue, Finn. Mary Poppins, y'all. Oh, I had a really great experience meeting him. Michael Uh, Rucker. Michael Rucker, yeah. So I met him, and I told him I liked him in Psych. (laughs) And he was, I know he was offended. Oh, really? (laughs) So I told him that I had been to conventions where he had been before, but I was too intimidated to meet him before I knew him as Yondu. Yeah. Because I was scared of him for, like, how horrible he was in the walking dead oh yeah he was he was he was good in the walking dead he was one of the few things i liked about that show but he he was not a good person no no no, no. but he, he was a good actor in yeah it. He, he just felt so bad for making me scared of him <laughs> he's like well i didn't have a knife with me <laughs> like, you know, like, he's like i was at a convention you could have said I was, like, I was just i was like i was intimidated but when you became yondu you became more approachable and he gave me the biggest hug he was oh, yeah. a sweetheart this has been allison gets hugged from <laughs> so no I, I told him i liked him in psych and he was kind of offended they're like no no i also liked you in that horror movie i've now forgotten what it's called but i said the name of it at the time do you know what i'm talking about he was in a really old horror movie it was it was actually really kind of creepy and scary it was he was like a serial killer or something like that but the violence was really grounded it felt real he had someone like in the trunk of his like a body in the trunk of his car he drove to a hotel I don't know. It, it's a whole thing. I'll have to find I'll have it. To, I mean, you, you've described a lot of <laughs> killer movies. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but it was good. Told him I liked it. I think he appreciated it. Yeah. Don't you dare like me for one episode of Psych. <laughs> yeah, well, what he said was, he's like, yeah, I always like doing those small, stupid little things. <laughs> <laughs> 
I see. I think he was having fun with you. I'm sure he was. I'm yeah. sure he was. Oh. But it indicated to me that he probably didn't even remember doing it. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that Kane Hodder, who is the body of some of our favorite serial killers in slasher films, big burly strong guy. And he'll lift fans up by their neck. Wow. Like he. That's bold. He, he could get sued. Well, <laughs> someone brought him a machete to sign. He thought it was fake and found out real quick it wasn't when he accidentally macheted someone. <laughs> yeah, that was at one of the cons I was at on one of the monsters. How much blood? Well, luckily it was his friend and not the person seeking an autograph. Okay, so his friend died. That's not so bad. No, it, Did I tell the story about just, me being on the Greyhound bus and uh, being yes. next to a murderer? That was on the last episode. Maybe he's, his friend died just the same. And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Kane, Kane Hodder is always a good time. Yeah, as well. Oh, okay. So now we're at 157. We're at the vibrational L- magic. That's right. So little hero boy has broken his leg due to the, the boy's mean cheats. Uh, he kicked him in the leg and it shattered his humerus, which holy. Didn't find humerus. Holy hell. That's the strongest bone in the human body. It's not the femur? Well, which is the, the femur this bone? The top leg bone? It's the where the hip meets the... Okay, that's what I'm talking about. So that's the femur. So yeah, he broke his femur. And that's the strongest bone in the human body. How on earth did he manage it? Yeah, so the, the femur is the bone that connects from the hip to yeah. the knee. Yeah, so, that, that's the bone I'm talking about. That's yeah. the one he broke. But he disconnected it um, where the femur meets the knee. I thought he broke the leg. Because if he could disconnect it from the knee, how is he functioning? I mean, that, that technically is a break. Like, I think, like, damn That's a dislocation, right? Yeah, you, you should be able to reset it, but you wouldn't be able to just walk away. <laughs> yeah, so the, it would have been more interesting if that was what had happened, if Mr. Miyagi knew how to reset it or something like that. But I thought that he broke it, and that's he was just kind of giving him magical Japanese hand heroin. <laughs> hand heroin. <laughs> I don't know, kid. what if he was just winging it he was like i got 50 bucks right on this game (laughs) it was like it was a really wild placebo effect he's just like yeah this does something i promise here you go it worked on his shoulder pain you know those are related injuries of course of course course. all right so anyway magic hands magic hands magic hands and uh he uses little uh ancient uh, japanese anti-leg break spells Close your eyes. <laughs> Zach gets shot back by the authority of his class. <laughs> that startled me. It was kind of like that guy stamping in, uh, in Last Indiana Crusade. Jones, yeah. yeah. Daniel LaRusso is going to fight. Daniel LaRusso is going to fight. I don't believe it. I mean, I genuinely don't believe it. His femur's broken. This is ill-advised. Medic. (laughs) It's almost like it's a perfect setup for him to achieve the cream. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I'm I'm taking things back to the last scene where he was mansplaining how how to drive to her. Mm -hmm. Like, he just got his license. And before that, she was proving she knew how to drive. Yeah. Why is he? He just, he's just in this arena now. He's just bad at things. He's a, he's, a little, he's not a good hero. A little bit of a prick, isn't he? I've been saying that the whole thing. Oh, yeah, I'm not, but you were saying he's the bad guy or the bully. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's a prick. Yeah. He's a, mo- and he's a moron as well. <laughs> moron. He's a moron. Anyway, here we go. Yeah. Daniel LaRusso! 
everyone wants to say it wrong. <laughs> well, for them, I can kind of more understand it because they the saw it written down. Spider. But they, <laughs> but they saw it written down, so they can mispronounce it. You know, having read it, he heard it and mispronounced it still. Yeah. Oh, yes. Mr. Miyagi nods in approval. Got punched in the chesticle. All right. You're dead, meat boy. I tell you what. So he kind of moved turkey turkey like that before. He got him in his facial expression that time. Yeah. So... My note on this scene, as the biters are returning to their senseis at kind of like a, a pause or a break because he has a bloody nose, yeah. Johnny is told to sweep the lake to get the victory. And Johnny kind of has this recognition that that's not honorable or a good thing to do. How little faith did the sensei for Cobra Kai have in Johnny to give him an order like that? I think it was... I don't know if it was faith. It probably played into it a little bit, but it was probably also that if, the kid. if by some happenstance the crippled kid does win, it would bring shame on his family. Yeah, dishonor on you. On dishonor. his cow, <laughs> on everything. Sweep the lick. See, and that, you can see that the, a little bit that of... That recognition. He yeah, doesn't want to do it. Yeah, there's a, there's a glimmer of humanity there. Yep, which I wish they had expressed more in the film. But I'm glad it was there at all. Problem with that. No sensei. See, and the way he says no sensei, it, it is as though he's being intimidated. He's not doing this willingly. No. No mercy. He almost looks like he wants to cry. <laughs> it is very humanizing yep. for Johnny. Yep, I agree. And yet... Still goes out there. And that is actually my last timestamp. Do you have anything after that? No, not unless we want to watch the victory of LaRusso. I'd kind of like to see him give hand him the trophy. Yeah, the, you're all right. You're, you're all right, loser. You're all right, LaRusso. More LaRusso. There he is. He's happy. This has been Karate Kid. Just, just. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say for what I'm gonna call it until I know if you liked it or not. Well, no, you go ahead. <laughs> say, say your words. I was gonna say just, just a feel good coming of age action. False. Here's why. I. <laughs> <laughs> this was a just a. It was pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. I yeah, liked it. Right I agree. On. I agree. It was a nice little feel good thing. I will say though that uh, kind of piggybacking off of what I had said earlier that it spins up a bunch of things that just never are followed up on. Yeah. And I feel like the story in general, like the the main plot of the story was one such thing. So he wins and then just drops nothing else. What happens with him and his girlfriend? What happens with Mr. Miyagi? Like I'm sure all these things are answered in the sequel. 
but it, it kind of right as the climax happens, it's over. Yeah, I seem to remember, and it's been a million years since I watched the sequel, but I believe it starts off in the parking lot immediately following this exposition. Okay. So it'd be like, trying to think of good movie. It'd be like where... I'm trying to think of a good movie. <laughs> so like in The Matrix. If uh, Matrix... Matrix? If Neo... <laughs> Sorry. If Mr. Matrix... <laughs> Mr. Matrix... <laughs> Oh, man. Is it late? Do I have an excuse? No, it's like 7 o'clock. Oh, uh, my God. 7.47. Actually, Mark's like, you're not coming home and cooking dinner. Like, <laughs> she's like, I'll be home at 6. No, you won't. No, you won't. You said you'd be home at 6? I said 6.30. Oh, boy. It's like you haven't learned. <laughs> These things take a while. <laughs> yeah, we, we start at 3, ladies and gentlemen. Or 3.30. Technically, I don't think we actually usually start recording until closer to 4. Yeah, it was kind of, we, we have a little bit of chit-chat such up front. Anyway, Mr. Matrix himself, when, when he when he uh, dodges the bullets, it'd be like the movie ending there. Yeah. Like, he, he learned his powers, he executed, and then the movie's over. Yeah. Like, Morpheus could have smiled and nodded at him right when he did it. Yeah. And then the movie's over. So, well, good, a good, good movie up to that point, but it just felt like there should have been a little bit more. It left you longing for, but it was already two hours, so... True. They could have whittled some of that out. So I thought some of the story elements that I would have done differently would be to have a conflict in the middle of the movie. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, there really wasn't. So they cut out two conflicts between Johnny and Daniel. Who was Daniel? The LaRusso, main kid. Oh, Mr. Hero. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So they, they did cut out two interior battles leading up to this that I think would have given more to the story. And then they could have cut down with long expositions, like all the games they played at the arcade. And, and all the driving, driving through sequences. America. Yeah. <laughs> driving through America. That, that's the first act. Yeah. Act one. Drive through America. Cactus. Purple mountain majesty. <laughs> Rocks. Trees. Orange sunscapes. <laughs> Did you, you've seen The Birdcage, yes? Nathan Lane. Mm -hmm. uh, Robin Williams. Phil Rizzuto, Phil Lamar, Phil. Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria, there you go. Yeah. Thank you. Yes, I have. Oh, okay. Yeah, there, there's the scene where they're at the dinner table and uh, he's describing their drive from Massachusetts down to Florida. And like everyone's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that. I remember liking that movie, but it's been a while at this point. So I'd like oh, to see it It's one of my favorites. I'll watch it again anytime. Well, there you go. Was this movie... As good as you remember when you saw it when you were one years old. <laughs> so I will say that I haven't sat and watched this whole movie straight through in many, many years. I think I was probably 14. Oh, that's a good candidate for this question. Yeah. So I say, yes, it, it's. What still... do you remember thinking when you were 14? You saw this. And you were, were you wide-eyed? You're like, I can do it too. Yeah, like I, I remember wanting to learn karate. It was never something I felt bold enough to ask my parents to learn because for some reason I didn't think they would be supportive, mostly because I wasn't a physically fit kid. And well, So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. but looking back now, do you think your parents would have been supportive? They, they probably would have been. They probably would have supported me actually seeking out an athletic endeavor, but... Because my high school had a weird policy where you had to participate in an after-school sport or activity because we didn't have enough kids in the school. Basically, if people didn't volunteer to participate, we wouldn't have enough people to, to get the draft. Yeah. So that's why I played varsity tennis. And 
Tennis is cool. Yeah, and I really liked our our tennis coach, Tex Torres, who is also my English teacher. Like, they made the teachers double up, too. It wasn't just the... When I was in either middle school or high school, I can't remember which, I used to play tennis a ton. And I actually went... I did a tournament, and I placed well, I think, as far as I remember. I used to be pretty good. And then, like, four or five years later, I tried to play tennis, just having not played at all. I could not even hit it over the net. Like all my skill had vanished. Yeah. And I I noticed when I pick up tennis after not having played in a while, it hurts like right through here from the vibrations. I think tennis elbow is what they call it. Yeah. So all that to say, yes, (laughs) it's still a fun, you know, action 80s coming of age story, though. I don't know how much I would have loved it without specifically Pat Morita. When you were but a child (laughs) of 14. Yes. Who did you identify with in the movie? Did you identify with Mr. Hero, Blonde Bully, or Natural Blonde? Probably Natural Blonde. What do you remember thinking of her character? Oh, just, you said if I had to identify with someone, like, it just hurt because she was the girl character. Well, 14-year-old Allison, you know, I, I would say probably a little bit with LaRusso because, you know, I was an unpopular kid in my high school. Okay. So you, you thought that he was a sympathetic character? Yes. At, more sympathetic than I see him now. Okay, so that's at least one thing that's changed. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Okay. And you liked you liked LaRusso, I suppose. At, at the time I did, I, I've, you know, after meeting the, the real people, <laughs> I think that has a lot to do with how my opinions have changed and watching the Cobra Kai TV show. All right. Let me ask you this. Has your perspective on any of the uh, perhaps social issues in this movie changed over the years? I'm more aware of things like I I didn't recognize what they were talking about when they were talking about the internment camps. And part of me actually believed that this was happening on foreign shores. I didn't think that Mm. that was in America. Interesting. Well, that's a breakdown of American education right there. It's an indictment of our educational system. Well, later that year, I would actually go on to be taught about it in American history studies class and reading a personal perspective. There there was a diary novelization that came out based on their experiences in internment camps. So I would later learn about it. But at that time, I had no idea. Gotcha. What, what did you think about the movie? What were your overall thoughts? I thought it was fun. Simple as a pimple. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was a fun little uh, little romp. Now I gotta go. I'm late for golf and things. Yes. Although I will say that uh, I'm curious if your if your perspective on f- flaunting ascots has changed. I hadn't really paid attention to Allie's father's uh, fathers. She didn't have two dads. Allie's father. This is ascot. Uh, ascot. Yeah. I was not. It I, wasn't a pluralization. It was a possession. <laughs> so I would say that you know I recognize that they were kind of rich and judgmental i honestly also did not remember the scene at the the country club at all before watching like do you remember feeling like you associated her dad with your dad no but also i never brought boys around until the right one you never showed off a a little boy to your father until mark he did meet steve once the british guy Mm, that's a shame that wasn't like a me like this is the man i it's my intended right yeah (laughs) what did your dad think of steve Oh, he thought it was full of shit. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Good. My, my dad can read people pretty pretty sharply. However, <laughs> I shouldn't say however. It's uh, Sometimes he's not always correct in his initial assessment, and it's not easy to break. So it's like even if he's wrong about the person or if that person grows or changes, like if my dad comes to the assessment, oh, that guy's an asshole, 
He's that, always an asshole. If that person grows, changes, or develops in any other way, nah, still an asshole. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I gotcha. <laughs> Did this movie contribute anything to Simina? Nah. <laughs> I mean, it, it didn't do anything, I'll say, groundbreaking. It was a really entertaining story. It did bring attention to the Japanese internment camps, but I don't think it was the first to do so, and it definitely didn't linger on that. Was this the first 1980s movie to do a 1980s montage? Montage? No. No. All right, so, yeah, no. Oh, boy. Would you change anything in this movie? If I gave you the power of Thor. Grapthar's hammer? Yeah. If I gave you the power of Grapthar's hammer to change something in this movie, to reshoot something, to rewrite a character, perhaps, what would you do? If anything. So I, I would like to see more of the background and understanding of characters. I will say that something that has been really great about the Cobra Kai TV show on Netflix is that we get more of a different side of the story because it does follow more on William Zapka than it does on LaRusso, even though both are in the film or in the show. I am a person that wants to know more details. And so like the, the one scripted scene that we reenacted earlier in the footage, I beautifully, I would have liked them to keep it because it's putting the question in Johnny's mind, like, am I doing the right things or the good things? But, you know, I it things to change for a modern audience. You know, those are things that are being addressed in the Netflix show. They have a lot more diversity in the Netflix show. They, what are you talking uh, about? There was one black guy in this movie. And one Japanese man. <laughs> <laughs> True. Who wasn't even Japanese? He was Okinawan. Which I honestly have only known Okinawa to be part of Japan. So I, I think it is. I don't know if maybe it wasn't in the 80s. I mean, it's a separate island. It's a prefect. Yeah. It's, it's, a, a, it's, it's a prefect of Japan. Maybe he was talking about that it's not part of the main island, Japan. Maybe so, yeah. But he said country. He said my country is uh, China's here, Japan's here, Okinawa's here. Yeah, I need to do more research. I did. And it is. It's a prefect of Japan. But all, all territories like Tokyo is like a the metropolitan prefect of Japan. So they're all prefects of Japan, and it's all Japan, apparently. So, so I was reading on Wikipedia, anyway. The source of all of our knowledge. Indubitable. So, now, it is the Rose Award Ceremony time, Act 5. Everybody get excited and stop. So, who would you <laughs> Minimal give... excitement. Who would you give your Rose Award to? I gave mine to Miyagi. I said without his intervention, the story... Which has to be LaRusso having his butt handed to him and he would have to change schools. And change butts. And change butts, eventually. Once he gone concave, you need a new butt. <laughs> I also gave mine to Dr. Miyagi. I, I think that he was... So in terms of... I actually kind of took some time laboring over who I should give these awards to. The Rose Award is supposed to be the one who contributed most to the plot. Now, what is the plot? The plot is him winning the girl, winning the tournament... Getting up on the, the, that the bullies. Proving that can be a hero. Yeah, so what, what, is, what, what are we trying to get at? I, I guess it's winning the tournament. And in that way, he wouldn't if Mr. Miyagi hadn't taken him under the wing. Though he also wouldn't have entered the tournament had Miyagi not taken him under the wing. So, uh, I'm guessing it's Miyagi. You know, the only person that did anything positive in this movie is Miyagi. Yeah. And in addition to that, my Thorne did go to LaRusso himself because he was the crux of his own plot. Without Miyagi, he wouldn't have succeeded. But 
without Miyagi. And it, if it was just him relying on his own judgment, he's clearly not making good judgment calls. Okay, so for my thorn, I gave it to the enemy sensei. Oh, okay, Crease. Yeah, because he, I think he's the real villain of the piece. Oh, he's an absolute villain. I gave him, to jump ahead, I gave him my hate, but I didn't think he was the sole thorn because he wouldn't have been a factor had LaRusso not made kind of bad judgments or Johnny even attacking LaRusso causing things to snowball. So my reasoning for this was... So really, Allie's the thorn because had LaRusso not been talking to Allie, Johnny wouldn't have done anything and none of this would have happened. Likely he would have just been ignored or bullied at school for another reason. He would have made Bobby. good inroads with yeah. Freddie and, Freddie and Mercury yeah. and all so, these other So people. I guess Allie's really the thorn. She's the reason all of this went down. If Or his mom, if, because if they hadn't moved to California. It's his mom. Let's yeah. give it to the mom. Okay. All right. I'm giving mine to the mom. It's the brick on the stoop of Allie's parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, California was the brick in, uh, 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 what's his name? Daniel. In Daniel's life. And she kicked that brick out. Yeah, she kicked his bricks. Yeah, wait, what? I don't think my metaphor made sense. No, it didn't. I went with you, but it didn't. Okay, hang on. I can do this. So uh, happiness is his brick wall. And he just charged at it head for head. No, the wall is his life. And happiness was the brick. California was the foot. And oh. she was the person to which that foot belonged. I think my metaphor now makes sense, as convoluted as it is. We'll go with it. You think it doesn't make sense still? No, it's fine. It's it's a little esoteric, but it's fine. Oh, it's very convoluted, I'll tell you. <laughs> but I think it makes sense now. Now, if you just said it with an endearing accent and a hand gesture, like, you know, just it, it'd be perfect. <laughs> and did one of those? Yeah. <laughs> All right, anyway, so... Do you have a love award? Miyagi. Miyagi. So mine is, <laughs> I was in a weird mood apparently when I wrote this. I gave it to uh, Daniel's bike. <laughs> you know, he just took took a licking and just kept trying. I know. Well, you know, Daniel beat the heck out of his bike, hated his bike, cursed his bike forever living threw him in a dumpster and then got a new car just to spite him <laughs> and then got a new car to and abandoned him again but his bike kept coming back that shows a lot of moxie and i respect that bike yeah so yep my love award goes to uh mr hero's bike so hate award john crease uh the Who? the owner of cobra kai oh okay gotcha. uh, i will always just hate anyone who abuses and manipulates children yes I see. I I gave mine to the blonde bully before redemption. Mm -hmm. So he got redemption at the very end, and so you can't hate him anymore. I, I don't think. Mm -hmm. But prior to the last like two seconds of the movie, <laughs> it was him. It was him. Although, Did but you make a good argument. I gave my thorn to the enemy sensei, but I also hate him. Yeah, and he, I, he hate because he is he's created an environment of abusing kids, and abuse and fear. He's and, ruling by fear. And allows it to propagate out further so that these kids can then abuse other kids. And he condoned violence outside of the dojo, which is completely dishonorable and antithetical to the teachings of any martial art. So I think I'll give it to the uh, the enemy sensei as well. I think you, you've swayed me on that one. Yay. So ratings time. Mm -hmm. Ratings. It's ratings o'clock. 
80s action. What would you give it? I, I gave it a, a genre, actually, of young adult action coming of age. Okay. All right. I gave it a 5 out of 10. I also gave it a 5 out of 10. There you go. Yeah. But mine was for 80s action, but I mean, essentially the same thing. Yeah. My pros for 80s action, mm-hmm. there was a fire on a beach. <laughs> but it wasn't contained in an oil drum, so you were getting <laughs> My cons, not enough montage, not enough explosions. This is an 80s action movie. And there were, like, how many explosions were there? None. None, right. That's mm. that's a small number for an 80s action movie. They spent all their budget on the shower costume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a good decision. <laughs> well, let's see. We can have one really righteous explosion. <laughs> or, now go with me on this one, or... A shower costume. A shower. A sh- What, a shower scene? No. Well, yes. But he's going to wear a shower into a dance. I think I'm having trouble visualizing. All right, let me act it out. Who who's got a shower with them? Nobody. Yeah. Nobody came here with a shower. Oh my god. Do you, do you see what I'm working with? <laughs> <laughs> These people. All right. Anyway, so <laughs> directing. I gave that also a five out of ten. Oh. I said, you know, nothing really bad, nothing really outstandingly great. I would say the director successfully told the story that they were trying to. I do wish they had left in some of those scenes that they had decided to cut. Do you want it to be even longer? Not longer. Cut out the unnecessary stuff and yeah. give me more of the backstories. Agreed. I gave, I also gave it a 5 out of 10. Right on. Watch out. So my reasoning was that it was... Some of it was very good. I thought that the scene with Miyagi talking about his painful backstory, fantastically, powerfully acted, but I thought well-directed. I thought there were certain scenes that were fairly well-directed and other scenes that were kind of watery, mm-hmm. a little bit loose around the edges. Tighten it up. Yeah, just tighten it tight. Man, tighten up. Tweet. Man, tighten up. <laughs> you heard about Pluto, right? Yeah, you heard about Pluto. <laughs> That's messed <laughs> up, right? Yeah, and other scenes that were just kind of bad. So they kind of averaged out, I think, to about a five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Music? So I have a feeling this is where we're going to disagree. Possibly, possibly. You don't know anything about me. I gave it a seven out of ten. I gave it an eight out of ten. What? I... You don't know anything about me. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) But no, it's... I, I wasn't expecting that. I just... I thought it was... You know, all the music has really stood the test of time and very iconic... It instantly transport me back to this movie. I said uh, iconic song. And Bananarama. It had, I, I don't know anything about Bananarama. I know that they were a thing. They, it's possible I've heard one of their songs without knowing. Yes, in this movie, <laughs> there's the song when he is first coming to school after he's beaten up on the beach. You hear the song Cruel Summer. Being oh, okay, played. yeah. That's yeah. Bananarama. Also, when he was playing soccer, he, he walked off the field to uh, Cruel Summer. Yeah, yeah, Poor yeah. guy. So, yeah, good music. Nice 80s, very 80s feel to it. Defo 80s. I liked it. It gave me uh, vibes of Lost Boys, which a I appreciated. sense of the time. Although, if I gave this a higher score than Lost Boys for you music... You didn't mean to. <laughs> it, it can't be higher than Lost Boys. That's impossible. So, hang on. Let me check what I gave it for Lost Boys. Well, while you do that, I'll go ahead and give my, my writing. So, I actually gave the writing a 3 out of 10. Oh. Kind of, you know, I... I loved the touch into the sad history of Miyagi and the underdog stories are always a lot of fun, but I just, I really didn't think that they did enough time developing some of the peripheral characters like Johnny that could have made them more sympathetic characters. Agree. Also, I didn't think Allie was that great. She was pretty. She was pretty. 
Like and like I said, for a Knight's Tale, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I, I mean, it was a a fine story, but in the great arena of films and good storytelling, I I did see parts that I wish were written better. Which isn't to say I didn't love the movie because obviously I liked it enough to suggest it. You are a person. So I, I am. I am, in fact. <laughs> Thank you for finally acknowledging. You're welcome. So uh, I we did not have music ratings when we were doing Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. So I will posthumously give Lost Boys a 9.5 out of 10. You really loved... Uh, Saxman. <laughs> Saxman. Saxman and everything he stood for. Mm-hmm. There were several songs... Thou shalt not fall. Cry, little sister. That's all. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Love that song. There were other songs. The whole soundtrack was just beautiful. The main theme. Well, that was the main theme. So there the were. Cry, little sister. Yeah. 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 Anyway, loved it. So 9.5 for Lost Boys. I gave the music for this one an 8. So that's fine. Writing, I gave it a 4. Hmm. Maybe I should I, I'm lower low volume my scores compared to you. This I time. know that's kind of crazy. I gave it a four. It possibly deserves lower. So let me, I'll read through my gigantic list of complaints. Okay. So, <laughs> so the, that I probably highballed it. I it for some hated reason. it, but it was fine. No, I liked the movie. It just had lots of writing problems. Uh, so not a very complex plot, but you know, there can be simple plots that are good and effective. Mr. Hero makes friends in the first part of the movie that are basically forgotten. Yeah. Mr. Miyagi tells Mr. Hero that fighting should be the last recourse and then immediately signs him up for a fighting tournament. Mm-hmm. That was that was the last recourse. They, they that was had his to first, either promise to fight or get their butts kicked then. It was literally his first recourse. Yeah. That was the first thing he did. All right, we'll fight. <laughs> you should never fight. It's the last recourse. All right, we got to fight him. You sound like Sal Mandini. Anyway, yeah, so there's that. That's hypocritical. It's, I think just bad writing. After Miyagi takes Hiro to the dojo, nothing really happens in the movie except for training and dating. There's kind of a, the agreed-upon detente between Mr. Hiro and the blonde bully guy. So it kind of means there's no conflict in the middle of the movie. And that just seems... Only montage. The, no conflict, only montage. The only real conflict or uh, pressure point was Mr. Hiro thinking that natural blonde was kissing blonde bully. But that was, it was a mistake. Leather and Spice. Leather and Spice. That's a better nickname. (laughs) Leather and Spice. Oh my goodness. So anyway, that was kind of the only pain point for his his storyline. He was just dating and and training and then he made a mistake and then they rectified it and Mm -hmm. it was over. So I don't know. There there wasn't any conflict in the middle of the movie and that's, that's no way to write a movie. Sorry, I just had one of those pains where it's like, you really want to sneeze? And it's like, no, we're not going to. We're just going to make your eyes water. Look at the sky. Say mustard. Spin around on the spot and say Willoughby. No, I'm not going to do any of those things because I'm wearing a cord attached to my head. Ha, almost got you. <laughs> so acting. Oh, no, I'm not done. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the ending felt rushed. Oh, okay. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Acting. I gave it a four out of ten for acting. Oh, you've done it again. I gave it a five. Wow. Wow. But that was really Mr. Miyagi bringing it up. Yeah. Now, yeah. I honestly, I, I'm going to go with you on that one. That, that's a four. He, I think he would have brought it up to a five, but the average is lower because everybody else was not so good. Yeah, like I thought that the fight scenes were really good and well-performed. They looked very natural. But at the end of the day, a lot of the kids were just whiny assholes. Well, that's but that's not the actor's fault. It's it's, it's the a writing. Little, they made the choice to 
to sound quite so whiny. Yeah. That's a good point, but that's part of the writing. So if you if you like just take for example the scene where they were skeletons about to try to make Daniel into a cripple. Mm-hmm. The way they delivered their lines was like, "All right, come on, bub." It just sounded a little bit and maybe that's because it was the 80s and they didn't have anything else to work with. Yeah, they, they couldn't wise. drop hard hard language. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't drop the swears that they otherwise would. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, about a 4. So my real rating ended up being a 6.5. Okay. Which matched my heart rating and my nostalgia rating. So I stayed even. You stayed even? All right. So you didn't go up or down. My, You predicted my real rating to be... Six. My real rating. Oh, real rating four. And do you want to know what my real rating is? Please. A four. Wow. Hey, look at me. <laughs> no, sorry. I'm just proud of my... That, move, that movement you made was very kind of like... <laughs> I uh, I was stretching my my arms and said they're kind of behind my back, so I kind of looked like a schoolgirl. Like yeah, me. you did. <laughs> and my my heart rating you predicted to be a six. six. Mm-hmm. You want to know what it is? Yes. It's not a six. <gasps> it's a seven. Wow! Mm. Wow! Wow! Wee! Wow! I'm pl- I'm pleased. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. It was quite a good thing. And what was yours again? Your heart. My heart was bigger than your heart. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you're, you're having a Grinchy moment. Do I need to call an ambulance? <laughs> uh, yeah, for some reason I like this movie better than you liked it, but uh, there you go. Just half a point more. Yeah. We did more leather and spice. I loved the leather and spice. It was, a, it was an enjoyable fella. It was an enjoyable fella. That is an interesting phrasing. <laughs> anyway, all right, so act six. What are we doing for our next movie? Right? Well, we're going to... To see the wonderful world of dog competition movies. Oh man, that sounds weird. Dog competition. It's a it's a movie about a dog competition. It is called Best in Show. Oh man, I don't know about this movie. You know what? Let's watch the trailer together. Oh, am I allowed to see it? Yeah, I I just I'm really excited for you to see this one All for right. some reason more so. Here we go. It's the 125th annual Mayflower Kennel Club Dog Show. 3,000 dogs competing for best in show. To think that in some countries these dogs are eaten. Cookie and I work as a team. We met at this dance. He didn't want to dance. I got two left feet. (laughs) I thought he was kidding. But I wasn't. I was born with two left feet. Beatrice has got to be expensive buying shoes. Depression. Ever since she saw us having sex, what would you like to say to Beatrice right now? I'm sorry, you had to see that. He's got to buy. I've been pair. hairdresser about 14 years, and I uh, went to a show. I asked my ex-wife, I said, "Who's that?" She says, "That's Scott." We got top loin, porterhouse, T-bone. We got everything. So basically, you know, meat. <laughs> Leslie and I have an amazing relationship. People say, oh, but he's so much older than you. And you know what? I'm the one having to push him away. (laughs) We both love soup. A bloodhound not only has a great nose, but they can talk. What you doing, bloodhound doggy? What you doing? What you doing? And he's saying, I'm ready. That's when you know he's ready for a show. That goal is that best in show ribbon. Actually, oh. poodle means um, puddle in German. You want your busy bee? Come get your busy bee. Cut her! She doesn't get a door. She's gonna flip out. It's not in here. 
You left it at the hotel. Go to the hotel and get busy, me! That's my favorite, the miniature schnauzer. You'd think they'd want to breed them bigger, wouldn't you, like grapefruits or watermelons? Don't look at the fat head losers or freaks. You look at me! He went after her like she's made out of ham. Fat-headed losers, huh? That's what you want me to watch? Don't you look at them. You look at me. <laughs> I don't know. This seems like it's going to be offensive. Uh, highly. Highly. So I think you're going to heart it 7 out of 10, and you're going to reel it a 6 out of 10. Seven hearts, six reels. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That's bold. Bold statement. Oh, I I'm, think I'm, that it's all reliant on Mr. Levy. <laughs> Possibly. I'm, I'm starting to reconsider my ratings for uh, Karate Kid, but I guess it's too late. All right, so thank you very much, people. You out there for listening to this. Please do remember that we're people, right? Yep. We have livings to make. Yep. At some point, I'd like to quit my job and do this full time. Oh, man. That'd be great. Right? Yeah. But to do that, we have to have some measure of success. That would be irresponsible and stupid of us to do it beforehand. So it's true. what we need from you people, the kind listeners, is to go to Apple Podcasts, leave us five-star reviews en masse. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your uncles, tell your nieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, just, it really does mean the world to us. It's more than just us being excited about reviews. It helps mm-hmm. us get new viewers who are outside of our social network. Indubitably. So do that. Go to the Apple Podcasts. Go to our Facebook group, the RTR Community Face Place, and talk about things in general. We like having lively discussions. Talk about your bowel problems. Maybe you've got bowel problems. Uh, talk so, about it on there. So I'm going to say maybe don't just ambiguously. We're, we're not medical experts. Uh, uh, no, 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 we're not. But still. But And also, we've removed just random sports conversations, so maybe don't advertise that. I'd can... rather hear about people's bowels than sports. Well, there we go. Talk to Zach about that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we would also like to thank, as always, Mr. Julian Crowhurst Ta-da! for our use of our theme song. And we're rounding up to our 20th episode. How sweet is that? I know. I know. I, I feel like we've we've gone on an emotional journey together. Yes, and it will culminate in my 30th birthday. It's true. Have you thought about what we're going to watch? Because Zach gets to assign this time. Or do you want to save it for next episode to declare? I'll save it for the next episode. Mostly because I haven't thought about it. <laughs> but also because I would like to tease our listeners. Yes. String you along. If we get enough five-star reviews, Maybe. he'll drop more tidbits of information. Indeed. Yes, if there's a five-star review on our next episode, I will let everyone know. Mm-hmm. If there's not, though, then I will kill you. This episode is going to drop like four episodes after we record the 20th episode. <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> well, so it's I'm not sorry. giving people <laughs> Maybe cut this into gremlins. Yes, indeed. Okay, I'll, I'll make a copy of it. All right. Anyway, thank you all very much for listening. I have been Zach. I have been Allison. Bye-bye. Be safe. something.